Insider. I knew this already, but he announced yesterday that he is directing the new Munsters movie. I have been uh, speaking with Rob. No, not text. Well, what do you call that? Emailing with Rob about it, but uh, you're not consulting. Everything. I'm consulting Rob now. He didn't ask. You know what? He didn't even ask me. Like, how dare he? I've talked to him about the Munsters in you know in private, and I know that that was something he wanted to do for like 20 years to get a Munsters movie going, a reboot. And uh, I have spoken with him, so in a sense, I have consulted him. But uh, no, I was not uh, asked. But he did. Right. He sent me a picture of himself standing in front of the Munsters' house they recreated, and he's filming it somewhere in like. Europe or something, Bulgaria. Oh, yeah. I don't know where the fuck it was. He wrote me. Where were the monsters? Why am I having trouble hearing you? Jack up your... I don't know. Hello, hello, hello. All right, that's a little better. That's good now. Yeah? Yeah. All right. With you. Are you okay? You <laughs> look like you're a little out of it today. What's going on? I'm listening to you. I'm responding to what you said. Oh. How is it that I'm not with the program? I know what it is. Did you put a wind mask on your microphone? Like, what, what do you call no, it? No, this wind has always been here. It has? Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. Looks like a big penis <laughs> going into your mouth. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I never noticed you use a wind sock on your microphone. Yeah, it's a huge one. Isn't it? <laughs> You're a real pro. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be... Popping those You look a little high this morning or something. No, it's your I don't. Smoky think, eye. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you look a little like wrecked. Well, so do you. <laughs> no, no, I don't mean it in a bad way. You know, like when someone's high. I well, think you it's know, your smoky I don't get eye. high. It's your smoky eye. All right. You know, um, speaking of looks. No, I look like talking- I was in a car wreck. You, you just look wrecked, like. You know, stone. <laughs> no, I. You know, um, I think you look very good for your age. Yeah, and you, you can too. still recognize you as Howard Stern. Like if I saw right. a young picture of you, I wouldn't say you're not Howard Stern. Right. I'd say that's Howard Stern. Right. I. Um, you know, we were talking after the show that Clarence Williams the Third from Mod Squad died. died. Colon cancer. And Eighty. Something years old, eighty. Eighty-one, something like yeah. that. Well, I'll give you the, I'll give you the facts, Jack. He was eighty-one. Yeah. Clarence Williams the third, of course. For you kids out there, you're like, who the fuck is that? There used to be this show on TV called Mod Squad. Why'd you bring up Clarence Williams the third? I'm curious. Because I looked up Michael Cole, the other guy, because I said, all right, uh, Peggy Lipton's gone. Now Clarence William III is gone. Where's this Michael Cole who played the third guy in Mod Squad? Yeah. And I said, no wonder I haven't noticed him. He doesn't look anything like the guy who was in Mod Squad. He was a good-looking guy. Yeah, he sort of was like a a version of uh, Warren Beatty. He was so good-looking, you know, with the... Bushy, tousled hair and yeah. all that stuff. And he was hired because he was good looking. Yeah, and he was boy, the, oh boy, did time to a number on him. Yeah. Well, Sometimes time is very cruel. 
I like he, when good looking said, guys. He said, I, I uh, read a quote from him. He said, sometimes I'm, you know, he might be looking at TV or something and see an old version of himself. And, and he said, then I'll go look in the mirror and go, boy. <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> that. That was a long time ago. I like when good looking guys age really badly. It's great. <laughs> you feel like, well, wow, I might possibly be better looking than him now. Yeah, and you out... Uh, outlasted him now you're the better looking one you're the hot yeah. guy i'm a hot i'm hot and you're not <laughs> that's the good thing about not starting out good looking you can only go up you know everybody else can get <laughs> uglier i'm in fact i was reading with some glee i guess um this story is so disturbing on so many levels julianne huff who used to be on um dancing with the stars the very good looking blonde huff girl i, I, I don't know if you remember her but she was, very she was with the show quite a while. I mean, she even yeah. wound up as a judge. A lot of things. Anyway, Julianne Huff's teenage niece posted on TikTok a video where she, she was talking about, she was my aunt, Julianne Huff. She fucked, uh, you know, she, she wasn't this gross. She was just like, you know, she, she had sex with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and she was telling me about it. And by the way, Leonardo DiCaprio is really bad in bed, according to her. And oh. I was like, good. That's good to hear. I love hearing about guys who have it way too good, even having a tiny penis or they're shitty in bed. I mean, if you think well, about what it, made Leo, Leo so bad. Well, listen, I mean, I, first of all, I'll tell you why this story is disturbing. Who, like my aunt Sally never told me about how my uncle Bob was in bed. You know right. what I mean? She why never is she talked talking to, me. to her niece about this. Yeah, uh, come over here, darling. Let me teach you something about Leonardo DiCaprio. I fucked his brains out and I got news for you. He wasn't that good. I didn't even come once. <laughs> I mean, what was that conversation? Who's having that with his Yeah, how did their that knees? start up? Yeah, I mean, well, here's her announcement, by the way, just so you hear it, that I'm not making this shit up. And Uncle or Julianne and Derek Huff, they were on like World of Dance, Dancing with the Stars. My aunt has slept with Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Apparently he's not good in bed, though. <laughs> thing <laughs> <Ooh>. um snarky <laughs> yeah it's almost like the kid is out to get leonardo dicaprio you know like like what yeah knows? why would she announce that to the world that leo's not good in bed yeah, and how about a better announcement like let's see like robinson's like what made him bad in bed? oh my aunt told me he has smelly balls <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I had a, my, my father had a bunch of sisters. My mother had a sister. I had a bunch of aunts. Yeah. And I never thought of one of them as sexual beings. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, lately. Hi, um, my aunt, I don't know if you know her from Dancing with the Stars, is Julianne Huff. And she told me Leonardo DiCaprio is bad in bed. I know. It's smelly balls and a really thin load. Like, he came on her face and, and she was like, there was hardly anything to wipe off. <laughs> and his cock is crooked. It was like, like he couldn't even get it in me. He had to like make a left turn inside her vagina. Wow. I mean that I need details. You're going to, you're going right. to make it. A... Yeah. You got to back that up with some facts. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my aunt is uh Julianne Huff from dancing with the stars. She slept with Leonardo DiCaprio and she told me that Leonardo DiCaprio's jism tasted like liverwurst and it wasn't <laughs> pleasant. Usually it tastes like pineapple, but this shit was bad, bad news. <laughs> and then she pulled back his cock cheese and his cock foreskin and he had cock cheese and, and it was just bad. Oh my and, goodness. Now if Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> was really bad in bed, 
Yeah. Don't you think he'd have women signing those non-disclosure agreements? <laughs> well, first of all, there's no reason why Leonardo DiCaprio would be good in bed. He, he, he's a winner already. He doesn't have to be good in bed. He's not looking to impress anyone. He get, if, you, if he doesn't like you, he replaces you in 10 minutes. He's the, he is the godfather of the pussy posse. Think about that. Does he need to prove to you that he's good in bed? He's like Julianne Hoff. I'll have but 10 Julianne Hoff. enjoy sex. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we have to, when you get to that level of being the president of the pussy posse, <laughs> I mean, it might be just like, you know, this is just another broad. It's just He's, like it, a peanut butter cracker. Yeah. And you know what probably happened? Julianne Huff's used to guys kissing her ass. Leonardo DiCaprio probably fucked her three times that night and never called her. And well, that's like, yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, it was the, yeah. the brush off that she didn't yeah. like much more than the sex. And now she's like talking to her niece about it because it's the biggest thing that ever happened to her. I fucked the Leonardo DiCaprio, and I'll tell you what, I found the dingleberry in his ass when I was tonguing it. <laughs> and he smelled. <laughs> you know, and, and, and when I was up there, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, he had hemorrhoids, hemorrhoids the size of walnuts. <laughs> and then to make matters worse, he came like three times. On the third time, he farted when he came. <laughs> it smelled. Uh, I'm good in bed, and I'll tell you why. Look at me. I had to really perfect <laughs> some skills. Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't need to do that. He's a handsome guy. He's a Hollywood star, a leading man. But uh, Leo Look, doesn't worry uh, about it. Those women, I mean, he. how does he keep getting women? How? Like, uh, even those women want to have some fun in bed, don't they? No. The fun is not, just, not all of them. No, the fun is telling your niece a couple of years later that you fucked Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm I telling wish, you, uh, Leo. Let's make a a plea right now that this these airwaves are open to Leo if he wants to dispute this right. claim. <laughs> Imagine he called up and he goes, "Hey, I'm really good in bed. I I, I don't like these girls saying this shit. I, I, I'll prove it. Robin, get over here." Come on, take a look. <laughs> yeah, my aunt told me that Leonardo DiCaprio's taint looked like hanging turkey neck. <laughs> <laughs> you want good in bed and fun in bed. You get a guy who looks like me. Look, all I know is that Warren Beatty, hmm. no one ever said he was bad in bed. Right. He, he was a good looking guy who took pride in his work. That's right. They said yeah. he banged all the time, banged several women a day. He was so busy banging, he got good at it. By the way, oh, so let me just get back to this quick. You, you brought up uh, William uh, Clarence Thomas. Clarence III. Williams the third. <laughs> right, Clarence Williams the third. I was a fan. I loved his TV show years ago. It was a TV show called Mod Squad. And by the way, yeah, you it remember was happening the, when we were still in school. Yeah, you remember their tagline that would never fly. Today, what it was, was it? one black, one white, one blonde. Remember, the announcer would go, That's one. right. They were a bunch of older dudes and, and a girl who would go and, like, pretend to be teenagers and bust kids doing drugs and being bad. Right. They were the young cops who could infiltrate the scene. Yeah. They were hippies who were recruited by the police force <laughs> to go into, like, schools and stuff. And they were like, and no, man, protests and whatever, yeah. whatever they were like, was no, man. going on. We're not going to we're not we're not going to be rats, man. No, no, no. You'll be saving lives. And they convinced these guys <laughs> to become cops. 
It didn't take long, you know. It was like, yeah. hey, man, we're not squealers. We're not rats. Oh, yeah. but you'll be saving life. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah. Okay, no one else will hire us. <laughs> so anyway, Lincoln Hayes the third. He, he was Link Hayes. Link was his character. Link. Yeah, but Clarence every once well, he'd say his whole name was Lincoln. Lincoln Hayes. But he was Clarence Williams III. He died of colon cancer. He was 81. And it's, you know, you really feel like you're getting old because I used to watch that when I was a kid. And now it's like, oh, my God. Right. And also, as Robin mentioned, he played uh, Prince's father in the movie Purple Rain. And it just shows you about typecasting because I remember watching Purple Rain and go, hey, there's Link from the Mod Squad. <laughs> like, it wasn't Prince's dad. No one That's was fooling right. me. And when he was yelling at Prince and, like, practically beating up Prince, he, I was like, Wow, I can't believe Link. Look what he looks Link like had a, now. had a bad attitude. Yeah. <laughs> <As> a dad. <laughs> yeah. He had a kid. Here's an interesting fact I'll give you for an obituary for Link or uh, Clarence Williams III, who I was a fan of. The guy started out in theater. Yes. And he was, he was even no, nominated for a Tony. And here it is. Bill Cosby saw him on stage. And uh, he knew Aaron Spelling, who was the producer of Mod Squad. And he said, you know what? I know you're looking for a guy. I saw this guy, Clarence Williams III, in a, in a play. He's really good. And he recommended him. And Clarence Williams III got the uh, job because Bill wow. Cosby recommended him. Yeah. I wonder there you if go. Clarence uh, visited Cosby in prison. Like, you know, know, there's a dude who, you know, Cosby, you know, he should always like Cosby no matter what. What do you, well, let me ask you something. Let's okay. say, you know, you know. Who in your life gave you the big break, you know, in your career? Like for me, it was this guy, Donald J. Barnett. And I would say uh, this guy, Bill Nozzle, who hired me in Hartford. Those guys gave me my big break and put me on the air, even though I suck. Right. Um, you know, well, I said I... it was the president of my school, uh, John Jeppe and Denise Oliver. Hmm. Yeah, that. Right. Those were my people. Yeah. So if, if you read that one of them had just been raping women by knocking <laughs> using knockout drugs. Would you go visit him in prison? Well, uh, let me see. Wait a minute. It's a tough oh, one. Oh, geez. Um, like, does Clarence Williams III, does he go visit Bill Cosby? I mean, he's like, hey, this fucking guy, he gave me a break. Yeah, he, he might have been something... terrible to everybody else. Right. He he did something unbelievable. He went to Aaron Spelling unsolicited and said, I got a guy for you. It was so generous. But Never did... asked for anything in response. You know, he just did yeah. that. But he, I think you still have to have some loyalty, don't you? <laughs> I don't know. But, but then you read in the paper and you see the guy like drug multiple women and raped them. Right. Uh, then you watch the trial and you listen to the women and yeah. you read the stories. I don't know. That's a tough one. Link was the cool guy because he, you know, grew up in the hood um, on Mod Squad, and his big phrase was he whenever he'd like, you know, be talking to white people, he'd go solid. Like solid was that's word. right, yes, and yeah. solid became salad. You know, we used to make fun of that. Did you? Well, I I, yeah. I grew up in a black community, so in order to relate to my fellow uh, citizens, I would walk up and go solid, and then they would beat me up. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of slang came out of uh, Mod Squad, weren't they? Right on hmm. and right solid, on. yeah, solid. <laughs> and then when when the police tried to hire the Mod Squad. They would say, man, we're not going to think on people our generation. Think. Think. Think was like being a rat. (laughs) There you go. So anyway, rest in peace. Uh, Thank you. 
Only uh, one blah, left, blah, blah. Michael Cole. He's still with us. Yeah. Here on our phone is a guy named... What is this? What, who are you, Captain Denny? Hello? Hey. Hey, now. Hey, Howard. Hey, now. Who are you, Captain Denny? Captain Denny, the catcher of many. Hey, now. Right. What's up? Hey, hey now. So, anyway, uh, back in the 90s, I uh, was at Sunset Beach, a real uh, famous hotspot during the summer out in the Hamptons, uh, in Shelter Island. And uh, I went to go use the men's room, and I looked over next to me, and it was Leo. So I, like, leaned a little forward, man, and I started his dick, right? It was so fucking small, dude. I laughed my fucking head off. I looked at him. He looked at me. Oh, he no. started laughing. And just walked out just like that. It was, he was such a cool guy, but holy shit, we laughed so fucking hard, dude. Wait a second. <laughs> you were at the urinal at Sunset Beach next to Leonardo DiCaprio. You looked over at his penis, and he started laughing because it was so he small? He laughed? <laughs> I, leaned, hey. I leaned forward. I looked down on it. I looked at his eyes. He looked at my eyes, and I started laughing. And he started laughing, dude. I go, really? no way, dude. You went no way, dude. Like no way, you have such a little penis. Yes, yes, yes. We both caught the same drift. We were laughing our heads off, dude. <laughs> I've been to Sunset Beach. Let me tell you something. Oh, yeah? uh, I know that bathroom. I, that's why I pee my pants instead of going to the bathroom. <laughs> I don't want anybody looking at my dick. I, I'm going to tell you right now. If you leaned over and started looking at my dick, I wouldn't be laughing. <laughs> anyway, true story, uh, Howard. Thank you, Captain maybe, Denny. Maybe Leo is a grower, not a shower. Yeah, well, I, you got nowhere to go but up. You got to be a grower. <laughs> you're not a shower. Like, I always say, yeah, I'm a grower, not a shower. And I'm like, well, of course I am. I couldn't drink anymore. Grower, not a shower. <laughs> a fucking drag. Robin, I love but, you, dude. I love you, dude. I got to go, man. You do. By the way, I want to, uh, I'm a minute away from uh, contacting Joan Rivers in heaven because, well, I'll tell you why in a second, but I do want to compliment myself on saving Robin Quiver's life yet again. As you oh, know from yesterday's show, Robin Quiver's uh, was talking about, I'm thinking now, uh, you know, with everything in the pandemic, I'm going, I was planning a trip to Napa Valley. And I'm like, are you fucking insane? She's planning birthday parties for Ronnie, going away parties, uh, uh, trips to Napa. I said, you stay home. And she listened to me. And today, in the news, let me see if I can find this report about Napa Valley. That here it is. You ready for the report I'm in Napa ready. Valley? What is the I'm, report? I'm waiting for it to I come up go? on the screen. Guys, didn't <laughs> didn't we discuss you put yes, thank you. Uh here's the headline. Fully vaccinated Napa County woman dies from COVID nineteen. Oh dear. There you go. <laughs> you would you would have been that woman, so I saved your life. Well, I listened to you. I was like, wow, this was like uh, scared straight yep. <laughs> yesterday and the day before with you because I, I'm i just back in isolation. Somebody call, uh, texted me this morning said, oh, Bruce Springsteen's coming to Broadway. Any uh, interest? <laughs> I'm like, you stay no. Home. She was a 65-year-old woman with... Several underlying health conditions. She contracted the UK variant after a prolonged time in the hospital. Uh, you, uh, you stay home. Yeah. Not Where is my piano music? Yet. I was about to sing. I saved your life again. Again. <laughs> I saved your life again. <laughs> again. I'm a hero to you and the world for saving lives. 
I step in when it's not even popular to I step in and save my woman Robin I prevented you from going to Napa Valley COVID was calling your name I hung up the phone on COVID and saved your life again. I'm your personal COVID shield. Admit it. Stay home forever and ever and ever. <laughs> I'm never getting anything. <laughs> You're never leaving your home. You're going to be in lockdown. You're not going to see Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. You're never going to Napa. I see <laughs> a future. I see a bleak future for you, <laughs> but you'll be safe. And you're not dead again. Thank you. Uh, oh, thank you. I'm duetting with you. Uh, uh, shut on your home. <laughs> All right. So I saved your life again. Yes. Uh, Joan Rivers, I was just going to say that uh, today would have been Joan Rivers. You know I love Joan Rivers, Robin. Of course. I, I, today would have been her 88th birthday, and I thought it would be oh. a good time to try and contact her in the afterlife. Here we go. Joan Rivers, come in, please. What I'm doing is contacting heaven now. And, um, Joan, are you there? Hello, Howard, I'm uh, here. Ah, uh, Joan, it's so great to hear your voice again. Is it really you? It's me, yes, it's me. Is that really you? I yes. I got someone through sunglasses on a wet mop. <laughs> <laughs> Joan, oh, first God. of all, I miss you every day. I think you you know how brilliant and how lovely you were to me when you were alive. You had me to your apartment. I mean, I, I won't even get into how sweet you were to me and how talented Joan. you are, but I miss you. Joan, happy birthday. You turned 88. Congratulations. Uh, yes, I turned 88. God, my ass turned nine, my lips turned five, and my tits turned three. You still got it, honey. I got I got news here. Hey, you know, you've been dead now for I figured it out, seven years. Took me a while to do the math, oh, but you've been dear. dead. Yeah. You've been dead for seven years and 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 by the way, I'm shocked. Are you still getting plastic surgery? Is that what you're implying by your last job? Oh, can we try I'm addicted to plastic surgery, Howard. Oh please. I have been under the knife more times than Nicole Brown Simpson. Just, oh, she's still shocked, John. I'm 88, Howard. Face it, I'm old, 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 old. I am so old. I send nudes on a rotary phone. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that is old. That's all. I'm so old. They discontinued my zodiac sign. Oh, oh my God, oh. Joan, that is so old. You're so old, Howard. I'm so old. My tit pics are cave paintings. Oh, my God, is that old. That's old, yeah. You know, I'm so old. The last time my hymen was intact, so were the continents. Oh, uh, Joan. <laughs> that's old. <laughs> Joan, you know, this is why I miss you. When you make a statement, you always have something funny to say. Um, and and let, me, let, me, let me make you feel better. You're not old. You're as young as you feel. Oh, you're 
darling, but let me tell you, please, my twat is so dry, Howard. Cardi B just wrote a song about me. Yeah. Dry-ass pussy. Don't be, hey, don't <laughs> be so me. hard on, <laughs> Joan, don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, God, please. Please, Howard, I am not, I'm not just old. I'm not just old. I'm ugly, too. Oh, yes. Oh, God, it's just, I am so ugly. I don't get catcalled. I get dog whistled. Yeah. Oh, that is ugly. That you're not that ugly. Stop. I, oh, oh, can we talk? I am so ugly, Howard. I asked Bill Cosby to make me a drink, and he gave me a bottled water. Oh, oh. my, Joan, that, oh, that's ugly. so ugly. I am so ugly. My first modeling job was the face on a poison bottle warning label. Oh, Joan, I miss you so much. You're not that ugly. Stop. No, I am. Oh, I'm so ugly, Howard. Bernie Madoff just saw me up here and said, oh, shit, I went to hell. Oh, oh my God. That's not, I'm I can't. Ugly, you're ugly, not that ugly. ugly. Oh, no, ugly. I, I'm so ugly. I'm on the waiting list for a face transplant. Oh, my God. That is ugly. That is yeah. ugly. No, you know how ugly I am? How ugly are you? I am so ugly. Well, all those women were saying, hashtag me too. I was saying, hashtag me next. <laughs> you're still writing. I, I, you're not that ugly. Oh, please. Dr. Fauci announced to everyone that they could take off their mask except me. Put it oh, back. my God. Put it back uh, Joan. on, Joan. Oh, God. Joan, you, you, you see, this is why I love you. You're always prepared for every, even in heaven, you're prepared. T tell me what heaven is like, by the way. Oh, heaven. You know, Howard, heaven is, it was star-studded. Uh, you know, JFK is here, of course. Sure. Oh, you know, right. Howard, I have, to tell, I have to tell you, JFK is hot. I want to fuck his brains out, but too late. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> you're terrible. What about oh, Ted Kennedy? Why, why, instead oh, that of, one? Yeah, Ted Kennedy? Yeah. Oh, please, that old fat ass. That, but the last woman he got wet was Mary Jo Kopechny. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, 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 you're terrible. You're sharper oh. than ever, I swear. You are so funny. Like a knife she is, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know who else is up here? Prince who? Philip is up here. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But what a jackass he is, I have to tell you, how He's been here for a month. He still won't stop calling Nelson Mandela the help up. God. Oh, that's racist. Oh, yes, horrible. What the, I love all this star stuff. What other stars are you mingling with in heaven? <laughs> well, I have to say, I had a three-way with David Bowie and Freddie Mercury. Whoa. Well, not really. I just held the camera. Right. <laughs> Any romance brewing up there between celebrities and, you know, what's going on? Oh, are you kidding? Are you, oh, dead celebrities. They're always hooking up, Howard. Always. I, I just saw that Caitlyn Jenner's dick is dating Elliot Page's tits. Really? That's amazing. Good couple. Good you mean couple. When, when you get your tits cut off, they go to heaven? And, and I didn't really body part. And so that. does your penis when you get that yeah. taken off? Little, little yeah, wings yeah. and they fly around. Caitlyn <laughs> <laughs> Jenner's penis has wings and fly. Um, you know, you know what I love about you? Even in heaven, you're current. It sounds like you're keeping up somehow here on That's Earth. That's right. She's reading papers. And oh, yeah, like I have to ask you, Howard, is it true that J-Lo is dating Ben Affleck again? I mean, yes. what? What happened? Uh, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did she fuck every guy on Earth and have to start over? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I knew it was going to happen. It was bound um, to happen. 
No, no. They they found each other somehow with the, with the A Rod. Let's get serious for a second. What's it like being one of the first women in comedy? You know, I never. You know, I missed just a straight interview. You were one of the first. Yeah, very sweet, but please. I started so long ago. My first agent discovered fire, then me. Locked wow. Up. Old, old, old. So, see, Robert, she's on a roll. Uh, before we go, um, oh, this, maybe you know this now that you're in heaven. What celebrity is going to die next? Do you have some information on that? Oh. Well, I shouldn't say this, but... Harvey Weinstein's number is almost up. Yeah. Oh. But don't worry. He's not getting into heaven. Oh, no. And not because of the rapes. It's just that there's a limit on how many Jews they let in. Oh, I didn't know that. That's harsh. That's so harsh. About, about it's the, the club that the Jews yeah. are limited in as well. <laughs> it's, huh? see, it's, it's just like this on Earth. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no yeah. wonder. Howard, I gotta run. I'm on the welcoming committee, and we're expecting a whole lot of new arrivals any day now. So a lot more people are about to die. From what? Uh, I can't say, but here's a little hint. COVID-20. Oh, Joan, don't even uh. say that. That's not funny. Bye, Joan. Oh, I love you, Howard. I gotta, oh, I gotta go rush Limbaugh just OD'd again. Bye, Howard. Rush. Uh, bye. bye, Joan. Joan, I miss you. I miss you. Wasn't that exciting? That was amazing. Yeah. She's still sharp. You know, she hasn't yeah. let her skills go. Even while she's in heaven. Lest anyone think that's some sort of routine. That was really Joan Rivers in heaven. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and death didn't slow her down a bit. Um, what else? Oh, let me throw this out. Yeah, so we covered uh, Clarence Williams III, Julianne Huff. Yeah, she didn't see him up there yet. I guess he's uh, still in holding. Hasn't gotten on the floor. <laughs> I forgot to ask uh, Joan Rivers if Leonardo DiCaprio was good in bed. <laughs> she would know. She can see everything now, can't she? Yep. I've actually been to that restaurant, Sunset Beach. It's pretty good. I actually had fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was like a you had outside. fun? Yeah, but it was many years ago when I was first, <laughs> when I was first dating Beth. We went to uh. Sunset Beach and, you know. I was like Mr. Out on the. I was trying to fool her to think like I'm a fun That's guy. That's right. Like, it would be fun to be with you. <laughs> yeah, come on. Let's go out. Meanwhile, the poor woman hasn't been out in seven years now. Locked in a house with me. But back then I'd be like, yeah, let's go out. Oh, you were Mr. Bon Vivant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a while I was thinking I'd gone Hollywood. I was out. I remember Gary saying, I like the new Howard. Yeah. <laughs> so I like the new Howard, ball. Too. <laughs> I was just trying to get laid. Speaking of trying to get laid, I should probably talk to Benji. I hear stuff, you know, it's a little harder now that we're not in a studio all together, but I heard that Benji had a date, and the date was so freaked out. You know, like, he 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 finds these women on these apps, and I saw Benji's picture that he sends to these women. He has a dog. He holds the dog over half his face. So these women, like, he kind of... They're he, seeing an eye or something. <laughs> but, yeah, like, they see your nose, like, the top of his nose and his eyes, and he's wearing a hat. <laughs> so, you know, they think he has hair. They think he, you know, they think he's thin. And he's holding up his dog in front of his face. And, and like, to me, that's... I say send your worst picture. Let him see you at your worst. Because he literally got to the door, and the woman just said, get, get out of here. <laughs> Why does he keep setting himself up for such rejection? I don't know, but he uses that dog like a burka. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and he, 
And he goes, listen to this. I mean, this is like dating 101. I know he's lonely and he wants to get women and he wants to have sex. So he gets this date with this woman. And I guess he's, for some reason, I don't know why, this woman must be crazy, but he's going to pick her up at her apartment. Instead of, like, taking an Uber or something over there, because he's in Manhattan, he decides he's going to ride his bike. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Benji, he's, you know. He's going to be the a way, sweaty mess. <laughs> he's going to be a sweat. He sweats. And he's so he, and he gets all red in the face and his, it's like his rosacea or whatever that is on his face. Rose, what do you call that? Rosea. He gets all red in the face. So, he, Benji, why would you ride your bike and get all sweaty? By the way, you have lost a lot of weight. Good Lord, Thanks. you look good. Well, how much did you I lose? Do. How much did you lose? Um, from the the highest you've ever seen me, about 65. Like when we were in L.A., mm. uh, about, I was about 35 pounds more. I still I still want to go down about 50. You look terrific. Thanks. Thanks. Well, you want to this go is the down? woman, who, this is the <laughs> Benji she rejected? I yeah, have a nice she, yeah, she rejected oh. good-looking Benji. <laughs> you you want to wait a second? Let me get this right. What do you weigh right now? Uh, w- around one ninety-eight. And you want to go down fifty pounds, huh? I, I think around there, I, maybe even a little more. We'll see. Like uh, hmm. under one seventy, I'll start looking completely normal. And what's going on with your lips? Like, uh, um, are your lips dry or something, man? There's something going on. I was just, You're all white, and you're wiping them with your hand. No wonder well, nobody dating. Wait, well, what's that. all over your lips? Like, they're all white. You see that? It's like morning um, white. I, I sort of see that, but it's almost like he has no lips. Yeah. <laughs> like they got erased. What are you talking about? I don't know. It's you like look like weird. Yeah, it's like uh, the hair uh, from his mustache has become his lip. His I think lip. I have lips. but maybe, you brush your know. teeth in the morning? I was just brushing right when you were talking could, about me. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because oh, the yeah. Toothpaste picked up on I knew it. Sorry. Like morning crap all over his mouth. But anyway, <laughs> why would you? First of all, the picture you send, you cover your whole face with the dog. Yeah. Right? Can anybody well, show me that picture? Pictures. I got to see that. Oh, I'll, wait, I'll show you the picture. I got it. You want to see Benji's dating profile picture? <laughs> yeah. Here. Wait till you see this. First of all, first of all, before I show it to you. He's got a big fur hat on like they wear in Russia. So oh. <laughs> so he's like, he's trying to hide that he's bald. Yeah. And um, so so all, the hat comes all the way down to his eyebrows. <laughs> so you can't see that he doesn't have hair. And watch, the dog is covering a third of his face. Look. Wait a minute. Put it back in front of your face. That's what I can see. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness you this is like if he was a missing person you'd never find him you can't see him it, it's more dog than man right yeah i yeah. don't want to date the dog <laughs> so anyway he manages him? he manages to get a date and instead of like walking over there or taking an uber he decides to ride his bike and then he gets all sweaty like you, you don't show up to a girl's apartment that you never met all sweaty you want to look your best well, I, I didn't meet at her apartment. I mean, we oh, met in front of okay. a cafe, but uh, um, I like to bike places. I mean, I like to have a reason. No, to bike. I know I you love- like that. Do that on your own time, not when you're on a date. Well, it just, do you ever want to okay. get laid again? <laughs> right. Yes, and, and I I mostly tell you I tell you guys about the stuff that goes bad because that's that's more fun. Oh. But it's also well, tell me I, something that went good. Have you been getting laid? 
I, I, I've, I've dated good. I've had good dates. I've had. Have good you dates. gotten laid? Yes. Oh, but so why are you, why are you keeping that a secret? Well, when I bike to a place, it's because I'm like, you know what? Even if it goes bad, I had a nice bike ride. I got a good workout. Okay, good workout. So, so it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when you get there, you're sweaty. And she took one look at you, and what did she say? Well, I didn't get there. I had to tell her I'm going to be a little bit late because the bike ride took a little bit longer than I thought. And she was, like, real nice about it in the, in the text. And then um, I, I, I get I, – I dock the bike, and I start walking down the street where I'm going to meet her. And I see this girl, like, like, like shaking her head and looking horrified, like, <laughs> and, and, and I get in front. I, I I'm like, and I get. I'm waving, and I get in front of her, and she's like, "This is not good. You are you are not the man for me." What is she foreign? I guess she's Russian or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and she's and like, these women I, are desperate, Howard. These women need a green card. I mean, and they yeah. can't even get yeah. it. So she goes, "You you are not." She was that direct, huh? Was that so cruel? She was that direct, and um. And she's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm very athletic. People see me as, as a athletic. I work out all the time. You said and, that. Um, no, she said that. Oh. She, was still, she was almost like in a daze of upsetness, just like, <laughs> like spewing things. Right. And, um, and I said. She was, like, she was like, please deport me. I, I, I really <laughs> I right. don't want to be in America. Be country anymore. <laughs> was she hot? I mean, was she like a good looking girl? She was attractive. Yeah. Right. She was attractive. I mean, but also when someone's like that, you're, you just want them to like, I just want them to like me so much. It doesn't matter what they look like. So what did you um, say to her? So she goes, Hey, you look bad. Are you not my type? You, 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 <laughs> you, you, I cannot be, look, what was the quote that she gave? Uh, this is first it was, this is not good. And <laughs> you're, you're not the man for me. And um, then it was, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was, it was about how she works out all the time and she can't be seen with me. Oh, my um, God. Like, people look at her like an athlete. Boy, these um, Russians are direct. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, hey, this is not good is the first thing out of her mouth. I There's cannot no be seen with you. beating around the bush. Wow. And I said to her, I said to her, hey, you know, I totally appreciate this because I, I you know, rather not waste my time. I appreciate this. No, I was I, I was expecting on, man man with dog attached to his face. That's what I like. Well, that's what she said. I said, well, but tell me, you know what what she goes. You, you know, you you looked good in pictures, and and she goes, but picture was deceiving. You had like dog, and she said actually what you said, like mm. dog was covering your face. And did you wear your hat so you she didn't see you were bald? This this hat. Yeah, yeah. I'm not completely bald. So mm. but, uh, let's see. Take yeah. off the hat. I'll tell, I'll tell no you if you're completely way. Bald. No way. <laughs> this bad. Did you you are a monster. <laughs> are you are you star of new monsters movie from Rob Zombie? <laughs> Rob's gotta write this into the film. <laughs> send send me back to Unsiberia. Me 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 depressed. <laughs> you bald too. Die. This is and it's like uh, like Natasha from uh, Boris Anna. Yeah. This is bad. <laughs> this bad. You bad. You foul. And you and you and you sweaty. Oh my god! You look like creature that gave COVID to humans and started the COVID virus. Me depressed. So she said, uh, "I can't be seen with you." 
Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember why that, like, she was saying about how she works out all the time and people see her as an athlete, and then something about being seen with me would be, like, very bad. She's nuts, man. You should have said to her, hey, honey. She's, yeah. How she, dare she? Well, I'm superficial, too. I mean, I Yeah, just, but I would have said to her, I would have said to her, what about, what about, um, hmm, I would have said, like, what about uh, Mel Brooks? He married a, a fucking gorgeous Ham Bancroft. I mean, come on. Well, I don't know that she would know who Mel Brooks was, but uh, no, you say Und I, Mel next Brooks. time I get yelled at, I'll say that. Yeah, just say Mel Brooks uh, got uh, Ann Bancroft. Yeah, that's all. Shut her up. To be seen with you would be a great shame in my country. Well, what? Uh, how long had you two? What did What did you do? Were you in touch with her, having phone calls? We, no, we, some, a lot of dates are like that. Um, but no, we just, we only texted on the app, Uh like a dating app. Um, it was hinge, like one of those things where you like match with people. Hinge? We sent a couple. Oh, it's, it's the name of a dating app is hinge. I never heard of that one. Yeah. Um, and you go on there and you saw her picture. You liked the way she looked and she liked your picture. Yeah, and and yeah. I'm trying to remember what she said. She she I she, I don't remember. Like I she as soon as the date was over, because we never exchanged phone numbers. And as soon as the date was over, I did want to go see what she had said on the on the app. But she had wiped us out. She deleted. <laughs> Wait a second. Let me get this straight. She yeah. After she said that to you, you still had the date. No, 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 no. I I was like trying to remember like things about her. And I went back to the app to see, um, like, her profile and what we had said to each other before we had met. But she deleted everything. Oh. So we nev- we no longer, you know. Exist- well, she didn't even want to be seen with him <laughs> right. on the app. Right. People, right. Shame. People, like, people like you in my country are Shame. executed at birth. Shame. Oh, my God. She... She threw her phone in the river when she met Benji. She was like, you know what? <laughs> gotta get, just got to change my identity. I don't want to go on that app. Oh, so in other words, uh, there would have been a record at least of the flirtation that you guys right. had. And yeah, she, right, she, just right. didn't want, she didn't even want that. She, just right. like, she, was, she pulled a Jason Bourne and erased her whole identity. Like, she just was like, <laughs> that's it. I don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Crafty. That tape oh can't God. go away fast enough. Do you do you get like depressed after some an encounter like that? I know that would devastate me. I'm so glad I don't have to date on an app. I mean, I mean, it sounds horrible. Well, you would at least be honest. You wouldn't have a dog in front of your face. No, I'd say like, look, you know. Well, I this is I, what you're getting. That I mean, I get your point of. Although that, I, I know, always... Robin, remember my publicity photo before you yeah. and I knew each other. <laughs> I was working in Detroit, and you were working in Baltimore. And, um, you know, Robin heard that you know, from Denise Oliver, who was a program director, that, uh, you know, she had this idea to team Robin up with me. So Robin said, oh, yeah, OK. And then and, and Denise said, well, here's his picture. It was my publicity photo. And Robin was like, oh, my God, I don't even know if I should work with this guy. I want to fuck his brains out. Uh, that's how good my publicity photo was. And I swear, you know, back then there was no Photoshop, nothing. It was just like at certain angles I can look good. And it was like I was thin and. You know, yeah, you were I don't know. Raising outfit for some reason or other. Yeah, I don't know what that was. That might have been some promotion we did. <laughs> yeah. And Robin's like, Jesus Christ, Howard Stern is so fucking hot. 
Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck him. I don't even care that he's married. Can I work with yeah. that guy? Yeah, she actually questioned whether she could stand being in a room with me because I was so hot. <laughs> when she met me, she was so fucking freaked out. Like she was like, "Oh my god, wait a second, what happened to Howard Stern? What did he do to him?" I like, did. What did you think when you met? Though. You, you I what? Leave. You didn't what? I said I didn't leave. I no, you didn't I, leave, but you I were like you were flipped out. Dinner. Did you, you were say completely this is freaked not good? out. You were completely freaked out, right? Well, I was like, this isn't the guy from that picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't be on a dating app. And it's it's upsetting because that really was my picture. You know, but <laughs> they arranged this, uh, you know, meeting for, for, for Robin and I. And, and, and Robin started dry heaving. And I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> no, all I can say is, like, I felt perfectly comfortable working with you. <laughs> <laughs> the spell was broken. I was like, oh, I'll be able to work with him. <laughs> so, so seriously, aren't you completely like I? I was upset when I heard that Robin was like, you know, turned off after she actually saw me in person. Don't you get the, the debilitating I, kind of feeling? I I don't know why that doesn't like. I think it's I. Something like that is just so little stakes. It's just like that's why I'm going on a nice bike ride. I'm meeting someone. If they don't but like, don't me, you feel bad about yourself afterwards? I would. I, I, I don't have that good a feeling about myself. It might also be because I'm I am overweight, and I'm always like, okay, they'll like me like 20 more pounds. Then then she would like me. But I mm. I didn't really care that much at that point if she liked me or not. I'm looking at your dating profile now. Not only is that is picture that? misleading, but it goes. He has to write something about himself. Listen to this. I'm very supportive emotionally. <laughs> and someone becoming whatever they want to become. Wait, did I say the word emotionally? That sounds so yeah. like uh, not <laughs> Why don't you read what you write? I said emotionally? Benji's dating profile, profile bio. He is very supportive emotionally and someone becoming whatever they want to become. I didn't write the word emotionally. I know I, I didn't want to become. The word it, that's what it says here. He is very encouraging. So that's his. No, no, that's just one of the things. I also I have like a lot of things. And uh, all right, let's hear it. Read it. I'll have to pull up my profile. Sounds uh, like such a bullshit thing. I'm very supportive emotionally. You, you, are yeah, you supportive who's of me? Never be been supportive of. <laughs> are you? Yeah. Are you supportive of me becoming? I know he hasn't been supportive of me. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, you can't I, even I, show up on I time. I want you to be happy. Yeah. You just sound so ridiculous. You're so numb from all the rejection. I mean, if somebody said to me, oh, no, this can't happen. I mean, I'd be like some Russian yeah, comes up to me. you'd be curled up in a fetal position. Oh, Here's my, my God. Your apartment. I mean, that it's kind a, of honesty, I don't want to hear it. It'd be like, no, 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 this can't happen. Get out. You, you monster. Okay, this is what you're. I say in that passage. I say, I promise they give you prompts that you answer to. And the prompt is, okay. I promise I won't judge you if. You try something and you're horrible at it. I love when people try things they want to try, regardless of skill level. I'll encourage you and I and support you all the way. Oh, I wouldn't God. use the word emotionally. Sound like you're on The Bachelor. <laughs> you should just tell I'm the truth. I'm here for the right reason. Yeah. I, I love <laughs> drinking bean juice. What's so... What? Give me an example. When's the last time you got laid from the zaps? <sighs> Let's see. All the way intercourse. Uh, it might have been a while. Well, have you Maybe. gotten like a blowjob or anything? There's an embarrassing thing. Like there was a woman I dated. 
couple times, and we had a nice. Everything's connection. embarrassing. Everything's huh? embarrassing in this world. Yeah, everything's an incident. <laughs> yeah. She told me she was gay. After. Oh, but wait, what happened? You went out with her. A couple times, and she said she was gay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you might want to look. What is she, she doing? Thought a, she was gay, and and then she was really sure after a couple of dates with you. Oh, I, you're being kind. I think it was she was totally straight, and then became gay after dating Benji. <laughs> but she still wanted, like, she liked the idea of me giving her like a massage and stuff. Right. Jesus. So, yeah, but she didn't want to kiss me. Oh, but that's I, so wow. insulting. That's so insulting. And you don't get told by that. I don't know about these dating apps. It sounds like a place where you go to get your ego just completely demolished. Do you ever tell them that you got kind of a cool job, at least to make you seem more palatable? Like, be honest. Do you tell them that you, you work for the Howard Stern Show and you're a comedy writer and stuff? Well, I, I put um, now my profile. I used to just say hula hooper. Now it says film and TV. Yeah. Like Smart, but you might as well go for it. Say, you know, right. writer. Yeah, I'm Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. I don't you used to put hula hooper, and hula now you put, we used to be hula hooper, and now you've just put uh, television and uh, film. Radio. Yeah. yeah. And, and Reaper. You're not, yeah, we don't not even, even do Reaper. film. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but radio doesn't make sense to people. Right. Right. I know. Trust me. Wow. So she, like, you, you'd gone out on three dates, you're making out with her. No, we didn't, like, we were just, this is the, 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 the gay one, not the Russian one. Right. Um, we had gone out a couple of times. We hadn't really done anything, but she kind of always alluded that she was really, and she said she's, like, really, really fond of me and, like, really, like, likes me romantically. Right. But she wasn't attracted to me, like, physically. She says she's not attracted to men physically. Oh. But she likes when men, like, touch her. Did you tell her you were in Sharknado four times? I mean, <laughs> you got to pull out all the stops. Yeah, I think so. Is, I think is that what you mean when you go, I'm in TV and film, like, because of Sharknado? And, and that soap opera he was on. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I get, well, we have the app, so that's, like, uh, film and TV. What? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just doesn't Why make is she sense. on a dating app for men if she's gay? In other words, like, I think she isn't gay, and I think she was repulsed by you. I mean, no offense, but that's what I think happened there. Because why is she on a dating app for men? Why does she go on a lesbian dating app? Okay, so I looked it up afterwards. There is, it's one of the new letters in LGBT. It's women that like men romantically. It's called like heteroromantive or heteroromantic, yes. but they're sexually into their same sex. Yeah. Well, maybe explain that up front so you don't waste your time because, you know, you want to get laid. Yeah. And what's your goal, by the way, in all this? Like, are you yeah, just I a mean, serial dater? Are you looking for a relationship? Yeah, what are you looking am, for? Yeah. I am. I would love a great relationship. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's not going to happen. Yeah, I was but say, I do. Well, in the are meantime, you going to be? I, I like, it, wait, why are you saying it's not going to happen? <laughs> well, Robin, just if you listen to Robin, she just hit it on the edge. She goes, "If you're going to be in it, Benji, it's not going to be a great relationship." Oh, <laughs> well, it'll be uh, half halfway great. So I guess. So she. So let me understand her LGBTQ thing, this hetero, whatever it is. So in other words, 
She she likes the fun of a relationship with a man, but no sex. So you get to pay for her, you get to like wine her and dine her and and hang out with her, and then and then there's no payoff. Well, she got after that happened after she told me that. Like, how soon are you at the door when she tells you that? <laughs> no, we were we were gonna go out to eat again, and um, yeah. I told her I felt I started feeling like, oh I can be more open with her too so I said I'm I'm gonna bring I I I I bring a like a diet scale to restaurants but I didn't bring that on the first couple of dates yeah like a food scale and yeah. she thought that I was doing that like to turn her off and she got all upset um so dude you, nerve <laughs> dude you, what a disaster your life is I mean <laughs> you know what she she wants you to do she wants you to buy her dinner and never touch her. Why would you even go on another date with her? This is bullshit. What do, what's in it for you? I mean, you want a relationship. That's not a relationship. That's just you being a yeah, fucking why cash are you even machine. bothering with another date? Yeah. Well, she said if we go out again, she's it's it's gonna be Dutch and so. <laughs> right. She's because she's so fascinating and interesting dinner conversation. She is actually. Even if she but says, we'll "You look, I'm I'm lesbian," so I tell you what, Benji, I'll bring another chick home and like. You can fuck with her, and I'll fuck with her too. I mean, okay, then we got something going. I mean, what is this? I mean, what, what, what's the what's the deal? Again, I just tell you guys the bad stuff, not the good stuff. You should have played her your clip from your uh, your appearance on that soap opera from Bold, <laughs> Bold and Beautiful. Um, that would have turned her on. This this clip. Yeah, I, w I was the guy in the hazmat suit. Here, I'll do my line for you. Wow. Movies and TV. What movie film were you in? Yeah. Film. What film were you in? Sharknado's. Two, yeah. three, Sharknado four, was five. TV. Please. It didn't it, ever it, show no, up we, in we a won, movie theater, We were in theaters. It? You were in theaters. Yeah, we were. Were you really? Sharknado? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. It was like one or two theaters we were, we were put in. Let's go to Greg in Florida, who's fascinated by Benji. Yes, Greg. <laughs> hey, now. Um, I, I've been single for four years, and I haven't gone on the dating apps because I haven't needed to. But if you can't meet a woman on a dating app when I talk to my friends, he must be giving off the creepiest effing vibe on the planet. Absolutely. Um, when he meets a girl. <laughs> I wonder if this girl wanted to call the police when he showed up. Um, uh, she was creeped out by him, but exactly. Benji, I don't understand. I don't no, understand again, I tell you guys, listen, I have plenty of great dates. I really do. Well, let's hear about and, one already. I had a, I had a date the other day. The, uh, the girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she wrote me back so after His the date. Dates. She goes, are you seeing someone? And, um, like she was really wanted to know if I was going to see her again. I have uh, good dates all the time. But you didn't get... I mean, that was a you, good date? Yeah. You mean... Well, how, how was, was that it good? a good date? Yeah. No, what I'm saying... Okay, I, sh I have women like me on dates, and there's occasional dates where I like them. There's occasional dates where they like me and I like them and until they get to know me, and then we do stuff. <laughs> Tell Robin about the date you went on where... This was a few months ago. Benji called an Uber for a girl to be, like, nice. 
Uh-huh. He And then, of course, because he doesn't pay attention to detail, he accidentally sent her to the wrong address in the middle of, of nowhere course. in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't care. <clears throat> Way to impress Mr. her. Supportive. Right. I do care. Would you stop yeah. wiping your lips with your hand? It's so gross. You want a tip about going out with a girl? You got this move where you're constantly wiping your lips. Mm. Right. He just did it again. Yeah. And it's vile. Sorry. Yeah. All right. What do you do? Why do you do that? Why are you wiping your lips every minute? I think, okay, so I was drinking water and some water dribbled. And so I just, I didn't. Yeah, well, maybe learn to drink water without dribbling. And then you, you're taking your you whole really arm. You really don't wipe it all when you drink? No, here, watch. I'm going to drink something from a cup. I got water in here, okay? Well, here, I've here, been watch. drinking this whole time. Yeah. Here's what, what happens when I drink water. That's it. I'm done. I, I, you, you well, I wipe my lips trained. with my arm when I drink water? Are you high? Let me, let me try. See. Try to drink the water without wiping your lips. Fucking guy, man. No wonder women won't fuck him. There you I, go. Like, oh. I feel dripping down. I really want to yeah. get it. Well, maybe practice drinking water before your next You day. know the other thing he does? Look, look oh what he just God. did. I don't he even... just did it again. <laughs> But the other thing he does is he puts his whole the you know he puts his whole mouth on the bottle. Yeah. How are you supposed to drink? I don't have to put my whole mouth on this glass. Yeah. I don't know, but all I I know is Robin just Robin just watched you drink and wipe your lips, and now she's a lesbian. (laughs) 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 She's LBGTQ. Yeah, romantic. What is it? Hetero romantic. But that, the girl that I sent the Uber, actually, that was a similar thing. We met, and she was like, I'm not physically attracted to you, um, <laughs> but I really like you, and I want to help you out in life. Right. Um, you know what little you- kids do? You know what little kids do? Whenever they eat, they wipe their mouth every minute with their yeah. sleeve or with their arm. That's what Benji does. That can't be good on a date. It turns women off. But then you're going to finger me with your fingers and they're all dirty from your lips? You crazy? Nuts. I'm waiting to hear about a good date. He, he said... Well, he I feel weird talking in. about the, like the... No, I've had dates where it's connected and we made out. You know what you ought to get? Like, you ever see little kids have a sippy cup? Like we, That's what he needs, yeah. That's what you need, a sippy cup. He and then you won't have to wipe yeah. date with a sippy cup and yeah, unruise and yeah. you don't need to you don't need to wipe your that's why they make sippy cups for little kids because they can't drink water. It, they're wiping. teaching them how to drink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh let's go to Rob. Rob in Canada. Hey Rob. Hey, so Benji finally said a word of truth or a sentence of truth. And it's that he is that, that working at the Howard Stern show is not good enough for him. The fact that he's telling women that he's no, in that's film not true. and television that's as opposed not, that's to not true at all. Uh, what no, 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 he actually no, no, does. No, no, no. Uh, it is, because if you were proud of it, you would say it. Of course. Wrong. I'll tell you. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'll tell you why. And you know what? I'm, I'm trying to avoid the Benji Vortex. Thankfully, I'm uh, right. you know, several thousand miles away, and I'm going to get out of the Vortex right now. But there's the line. He finally said it. This is not good enough for him. That's why he's right. always late. Leave it at all that, that other Rob. Bullshit. 
No, no. The reason okay. I don't let's say... Not get into the, let's not no, no. get into the vortex. Let's go no, to no. David. David, you're can on Can I explain here. now, Howard? Please, no, not I... necessary. David, go ahead. It's because I don't want to be identified if, they, if they're going to reject right. me at that point until I get to know them. Mate. Vortex detected and engaged. Stop! 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 Vortex averted. David, you're on the air in Florida. Hey, now, a long, long, long time. We've listened to you guys for over 20 hey years. I'm not going to lie. I actually don't mind the Benji Vortex because it does make me laugh. But at the same time, Benji, uh, I really want to give you some free advice on Hinge. I've been successful on it, but you can't even fucking drink water normally. So now I'm kind of thinking about maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> but n- number one, bud, I, I, I do, when on the app, do you go by Benji or Ben? Because I also think that going on Either. a 50 year old man with the name Benji, I, mean, I go by uh, you know, Benjamin. I got, I got... What do you go by? Benjamin. Benjamin. All right. That's okay. good. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not a, too that's not creepy. A bad Benji start. is creepy. You're right. You're, you're not, absolutely not, right. Not, was, Benji's a Benji. Howard, I, like I, a met, grown... I, I met my girlfriend. We've been going on, uh, uh, we on almost, almost three years. I've actually met on Hinge. And uh, Benji, I think one of the biggest things that works in the favor of that is, number one, the pictures. The picture of the dog is great if you use that, you know, 10 years ago. I think it's a bad time to update a little bit and then just whatever. I don't know. All right, all right, all right David, we're getting in a vortex yeah, with you now. Uh, I guess you need to get Benji in a personal conversation. Right. I actually, I, I do. It's sad mine. when the dog is your best feature, you know what I mean, in <laughs> your picture. But Benji, so do you ever, like, have a successful, like, date where there's sex involved? Yes. Oh, you do? Yeah. And then when what did happens? That, yeah. And that, so when did this, first of all, when did this happen? When did you have like full sex? I'm trying to remember. I think. Now, really, Howard, does it take this long to remember when you last <laughs> no. had sex? <laughs> you usually it's remember. A, huh? <laughs> it's been less than a year. This has been less than a year, but I, I don't think that the woman that I... So you haven't gotten laid in less, like, in other words, like, within a year, like, so maybe, like, nine months ago you got laid? No, I sort of accidentally got laid a couple months ago, too. Um, All right, All right. okay, I think I'm done with this. I don't even know how that happens. I accidentally got laid. <laughs> And there was, there was just one time I had a woman who zapped my boner with a stun gun and she turned my nutsack black and blue. Does that count? No, the uh, woman I had, I'm friends with and we did edibles and I'm very new at this stuff. And we, we, we were friends, but we ended up having sex oh, a couple months great. ago. Great. So that wasn't hey, from a dating app. Hey, Fred, when you do the puppet, can you wipe your lips with the puppet's hand every minute? <laughs> I'll see, that would be, see if you can make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I brushed my. I think I brushed my teeth, and since I don't have to go anywhere to work except for my bedroom to hear, <laughs> I, I have to brush my teeth and get my lips all. Wait, wait. Right. By the way, Howard, do you have a toothbrush sitting next to you? No. Why do you have your toothbrush sitting? Well, you have more than one sink? room, too, Howard. No, but why you do have you brush a bathroom? Your... I'm just well, like you, yeah. you brush your teeth without a sink. I mean, you, you're sitting next to your microphone brushing your teeth. Where's the sink? What rinse your mouth? It's it's back there, but 
I, I, uh, I was eating and I knew you were, I, I heard you were talking about me and I, I wanted to just brush real quick to get the food out of my teeth. What? What is he talking about? All right. I, you know what? I'm done. All right. Thanks, Benji. Bye. Usually chicken licks the food out of my teeth and wipes the white stuff off of my lips. So I, I apologize for that. Why are you brushing your teeth during the show? I mean, it's four fucking hours where you could just like. And stop wiping your nose with your finger. Could you just could you just like not brush your teeth and work for four hours? You got the whole rest of the day to brush your teeth or brush your teeth before the show. I do, I, I do, but but uh, it, sometimes it just feels good to freshen up your your teeth during the show when you're supposed to be working. Okay, all right, I, thanks. I don't, you know what, Howard? Trust me, no one will ever be in that apartment with Benji. Right. If they Howard, do, they're never getting out. You pick your teeth a lot. <laughs> Yes, right? I do. Yes, I use toothpicks. I don't leave my job during the job to go brush my teeth, if that's what you're asking. You pick, you pick your teeth? I do whatever is needed to maintain myself, but I do not get up from my chair working to go and, and brush my teeth. I, and I'm I, saying I the brush, same thing. Listen to me. I, keep my I brush, brush my teeth. But You want to learn something? I brush my teeth before the show. When my boss is paying for my time, I'm not sitting in my apartment brushing my teeth. I'm concentrating on my work. That's it. That end of sentence. We don't have to go any further. You keep we, I don't need picks. to debate this. I don't leave my post. You have, you have a couple picks right near you right now, right? Yes. Right. And sometimes yes. during the show, you take one out and you pick your teeth to make your That's mouth right. a little fresher. Right. Sometimes... While I'm working, I go like this. No, no, you just admitted to me you go back there and brush your teeth during the show. Stop it. No, I, Stop no, 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 I said okay. before All the right. show. I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Goodbye. All right. Bye. I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You're right, I'm wrong. Am I supposed to leave me alone? When I'm... What? I know, you're, I know you're almost done with Benji. I'm done. I just remember, didn't last year Benji tell a story about how he went on a date and when he showed up, the woman suddenly realized that her son had been in a bad accident. And she had to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She said he, he, he got in a car wreck the day before. He was in the how hospital. Many, she had to go visit. She really wanted to check on him. Robin, let me ask you something. How many horrible experiences do you have to have before you stop going on dating apps? I mean, Wait, at what she point do you say? quit dating? Yeah. Well, like maybe like meet women in another way, like the old fashioned way, like kind of walking down like, the street. Like, how is or that? Going, Kidnapping? <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, the old-fashioned way, kidnapping. <laughs> Chloroform. <laughs> I don't know. I, I never went on a date used. through a dating app. I When I dated women, I, I would, you know, when I went, was in college, there were other women there. I mean, uh, no, when I, I, when I had a job. I don't think Benji's meant for the dating apps. It I know lots of people who are hooking up on dating apps and actually having relationships and so forth. I do, too. I do, too. It's just in the last year, first of all, the dating apps are just another way of meeting people. And in the last year, it's been very hard to meet. But if a woman, if one of these incidents happened to me, I would be mortified. <laughs> be like a woman goes, uh, 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 but my son just had an accident. You know, my son, my son just had a horrible car accident. Or the next one goes, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. I can't be seen with you. Or, or a woman goes, oh, I'm gay. I'm on a male dating. I'm, I'm on a heterosexual dating app, but I'm now I'm gay. I mean, if, that, if three of those things happen to you, that's like that's enough to say I'm I'm putting a bag over my head and never and never ever leaving the house. I, so it might be like imagine imagine the trauma in your life. Like it would be a major trauma in my life. Uh, hi, um, it's time for our date. Oh, oh no no! It just occurred to me that my son is dying, <laughs> and I'm a lesbian. 
and you're a monster. How and much of that can you take? <laughs> like as a human being, at what point do you, how are you so numb to the constant horrors of this, this dating app and what, what it's putting you through? I mean, it's terrible. I, it could be numbness or it could just, I, I don't think that like, I, how many women have to go false, running out of the room like you're on the monsters? I mean, it's like it literally false, like like false confidence. Like, what like was I, the story might, again? Do you you were with the woman and she looked at you and said, "Oh, I, by the way, my son is dying. I have to leave." I mean, we, how, how? I mean, she yeah, she got all dressed up to go on a date. She looks at you and says, "Oh, by the way, I have to leave. My son just got in a horrible car accident. I must leave." I yeah, mean, we were about. I think we were about to sit down, and she like we both just got there, and we we're about to sit down, and she was like, "Hey, I'm really sorry. Uh, um, my son was in a, in a car accident yesterday." I mean, you know what's going on, right? Like, like, oh hi, that Benji. Seemed um, like it, yeah. Something terrible just happened. My house. I just got to call. My house is on fire. I have to leave. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they don't even think of good lies for Benji. They, yeah, I mean, what a horrible so un. Unimaginative. What a yeah. what a horrible, horrible lie. Like at least say, you know, to a friend, text me and say there's emergency. They don't even do that. They just look at Benji and they go, I'm so sorry, I have to leave. My son just got in a horrible car accident. Like I'd be like, What? <laughs> what, what, what? If your son just got in a horrible car you shouldn't even be here. What are you doing here? Yeah. Well, yeah. it wasn't even just got in the accident. She she said he got in it the night before. Right. Yeah. And right. he's in the right. hospital. She shouldn't be with you. Well, Guarantee, if you didn't look like you, her son could have waited. Her son wasn't <laughs> even sick, yeah. <laughs> right. You think she had I'd a son? Like, imagine like, Robin, you walk, in, you walk in on a dating app and you see Benji and, you, you know, and, and, and he's hidden half his face by a dog. And now you're seeing the real Benji and the hat and the whole thing. <laughs> and you go, um, hi, uh, Benji, I have to leave. My, my son was abducted by aliens. <laughs> they came down from another planet. It's unbelievable. I have to leave. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. Oh, hi, Benji. Uh, so I, I'm sorry, but I, I can't go on the date. My son went into this thing called a, tra a transponder. He's turning into a fly. He's half <laughs> human, half fly. And I have to get it home sounds, to tend to him. That sounds bad. Oh my Why God. Why do you want him to know the horror of his life? I mean, it's, it's just it's like a day in this mess. The woman looked at Benji and goes, oh, 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 Benji. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. My son lives in Japan. He just got stomped on by Godzilla, his giant <laughs> foot. And I have to go, go, go see if he's alive. Oh, okay. 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 I'll see you later. That's better than the last woman. She said her daughter was in a building that was flown into by terrorists in an airplane. <laughs> hmm. uh, Benji, um, I know we had a good conversation, a good text and flirtatious, but I'd love to stay here. But my son, he got stuck at Jurassic Park and all of the animals are attacking him. Oh, I have to okay. leave. Okay. Or how about the woman that one time she said, I only love octopuses. So unless you go seven or eight other arms, I can't date you. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly I'm, well, she told me, she told me I'm a, I'm a lesbian. She says, I only love lepers. My, my son was bitten by Dracula and he's a vampire now. I have to go. <laughs> I mean, wait, listen to these excuses. He walks in and suddenly it's like, my, uh, 
King Kong abducted my son. He's, he's on the top of the Empire State Building, and planes are flying into him. I have to go. <laughs> I, I was in a nuclear accident, and I turned into the Hulk last night, so I have to go. <laughs> how many horrible my experiences? Pussy is green. How many horrible experiences do you need to have before you just fucking well, throw in the towel? what did he do, Howard? If, yeah. I mean, if well, you leave him yeah. with this reality... Yeah. What what does it do for him? What what I don't can know. he do? He's not even telling you the half of it. A few months ago, <laughs> Benji went on a date. I know so much about this because everyone reports to me. And Benji doesn't even know that I know about this. But he, I, I almost called him personally to say, get wow. off these dating apps. Because listen to this. And you don't know that I know this. But Benji's okay, date okay. said to him, you're not my dream man. And then offered to help fix him and teach him things because she thought Benji was really messed up. Now, who would want to hear that? I mean, what a horrible people you meet. Um, you're not my dream man, but I'm going to try and fix you. Yeah, Fuck you. You're, uh... She was fixable. really He's attractive. not even fixable. <laughs> we really had a nice connection. Um, a nice connection. No, you didn't. Yeah. That was the woman that I sent back to the wrong place and... Um, cause I, she came all the way out to meet me and I said, uh, Hey, let me get you the Uber back. Even after all that. Cause I, she was like, really hot. She was really hot. And, um, I, I, I said, you know, text me when you get home. Cause it was pretty late at night. Just like, let me know you got home from nice. the Uber. Yeah. Cause and like, then, what are you going to do? So let's say she doesn't text you. What are you going to do? That, that's a good guys point. are such assholes. Text me when you get home. See if you're right. Instead of like like driving her home or because you well, know, how, how, uh, or getting in the Uber with her. No, I, I think I offered her to get in the Uber with her. She didn't want me. Mm -hmm. to. Oh no, she didn't want. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to take you home. That's okay. I'd rather get raped by an Uber driver. <laughs> well, it ended up like the Uber. It, I forgot. I had recently moved to Brooklyn, and I forgot that there was some. Of this by the way, that's why I like Uber because you know at least you can track these guys. You're safe. You know what I mean? Cabs always freak me out. I, when, I, when I bring oh, up sure, getting raped yeah. by you know, somebody, I, I, I like the idea that it is on an app. You know yeah. what I mean? So you know who it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, you got some uh, way of yeah. retracing their steps. Yeah, not disparaging Uber. But go ahead, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, uh, I forgot that there was some streets in Manhattan that have the same name as streets in Brooklyn. And so it it was hours later. She was like, uh, you know, you <sighs> sent me to the. <laughs> You're ridiculous, dude. And the, and the Uber guy, Uber <laughs> driver, made her get out because he had already Uber. gotten another. He had already signed up for another ride. Uh, all right, I, I don't care. I don't care. It's just here's the bottom line. This woman told you that she's not only you're not her dream man, but she's gonna fix you. How much more? Said, okay, you thought, hey, she thought as revenge, I sent her to the wrong place. Right. Yeah. That's she thought I sent her to some like, desolate place in Brooklyn. Benji, he I, took her to Manhattan, I, Kansas. I, I can't, I can't date you, my. And please don't tell anyone this, but my son's home planet blew up. He's from Krypton, and I need to get back to him. My son. My son um, is in Napa, and he just died of COVID. I have to go. <laughs> but didn't you know that before the date? No, I didn't. I just got word. 
What but about really, the time? what is he supposed to do, Howard? What is he supposed to do? Stop going on dating apps. It's not working for him. Benji, it, what, no, why did you send you a woman a $50 Amazon card after a date? That's an apology. <laughs> oh, that was the same one. That was the same one I felt bad that I, that she thought I, as revenge, I was sending her like to in a, in an empty lot and everything. So I oh, said, hey, I'm Brooklyn. really sorry. Let me, let me get you a gift and everything. And so you got her a $50 Amazon card? Yeah. Dude, you don't do that with women. How do no, I explain I, this? I, no, no, no. Listen, I sent you look her pathetic. in the middle. I don't care. It was, I felt so bad. I sent her in the middle of the night. Do you some, think like, Brad Pitt sends girls $50 Amazon cards when he, when he, you know, do you send Angelina Jolie a $50 Amazon card? You just don't do that. You, you know, you just say, hey, I'm sorry. Well, what would it, you, it's not your fault. I know, but it seemed like I was totally doing a prank on her. I just felt oh really bad. Oh, my God. What a disaster. And she had to like get all these extra cars to get back home then. Hey, let me let me send you gifts. <laughs> no, I don't do hey, that to here's a carving knife. make up for something that happened. I thought it was here's a plastic bag you can put over your head and strangle yourself. Here's a five can five pound can of garbanzo beans. Drink the here's juice, a, it's really here's good. A, here's, a pro, here's a promo code for Tommy John underwear. can i give those out (laughs) can i send you a mattress from casper sleep (laughs) oh my goodness i just don't know what he's going to do instead my son my son was contacted by freddy krueger in his nightmares i have to leave i'm afraid he might die (laughs) oh i have to leave my son is having a nightmare on Elm Street. I have to go. You, okay. I didn't even here's tell you all the here's details. Here's a set of luggage as a parting gift. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's like the, the price is right. And they, right. On the same date, Benji, the, the 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 girl and Benji went to a bar, and you could only pay via your phone. Oh, and Benji only had yeah. cash, so she had to pay for the food and drinks. Oh, like he was totally unprepared. Goodness. So I sent her. I sent her. Uh, oh, that nice that stuff. was also why I sent her the gift card. <laughs> yeah. Because it seemed like I was trying to scam because I, like I couldn't get my phone to work on that QR code thing. Benji, thank you for the date. I, I'm going to have to leave suddenly. My son just climbed up on a beanstalk and he's being chased by a giant. And I really do. I can't be irresponsible like this. Oh, I didn't even know you was married and had a, had a kid. No, I'm divorced, but my, 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 I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I, I'm the only one who has custody. Oh, okay. There's a lot of uh, that going around. Uh, I knew yeah. one woman, her daughter was put in a pot by a witch and boiled. <laughs> <laughs> but I did send her a gift card afterward. Yeah. Some yeah. aloe. Benji, I, I have to leave the date. My son um, has a doll named Chucky, and he came to life, and he's chasing him around the house, and he just called me. And I, I have to leave. Oh, okay, because the last oh, two girls I dated, her son was trapped on an island with a smoke monster. So, so <laughs> it seems like everybody's kid is in big trouble. And then there was that girl who was who her her sister was attacked by a mummy. We yeah, we should put a, a book together. The girls of Benji, like all the horrible things happened that to how they get out of their date with Benji. Yeah, the world's worst dates. Benji, um, you you seem like a really nice guy, and I'm just sorry. I actually live in a giant shoe, and my kids are getting called. <laughs> so I'm going to have to leave right now. Gee, that's okay, because you know what? The last girl I dated, she had a similar thing. Her son was hiding in a closet from Michael Myers from the movies. <laughs> and I'm in the movies. Yeah, you should play these girls. Your, um, here, I'll, I'll play you. Hey, before you go, just so you realize what you're missing out on, here's a clip from Sharknado 3.
You hear all that music behind me? That was me yelling over the music. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Don't leave. Here's a clip from Sharknado 6. What an actor. He's a screaming actor. Whenever you need a screamer in a movie, they get, they get veggie. Right. This is Sharknado 4. <laughs> You'll be sorry. You're not with the star, Sharknado 4. Moments ago, the mayor's caravan was swept aside by fierce winds that have been generated by the approaching. Do you ever like talk when you get one of these little roles? Do you ever talk in a normal voice? I, uh, I have yet to hear you do it. I don't think you can. Think, no, Part I of have shark- speak in one yeah. tone all the time and speak very loud with very little inflection and make it all sound like it's the same words. Yeah, like you can't even understand Benji. Mm. It's some acting. It's a technique. Nobody else has picked up on. That's why a lot of the, yeah, there's a lot of these girls. Like, oh yeah, I saw you in Sharknado three. Aren't you that guy you can't understand and you yell? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> uh, oh, in that case, I have to leave. My son was just bitten by a werewolf. I, I need to go buy some oh, silver bullets. Oh, I have to save oh. his life. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That sounds like another girl that I was dating. She was bitten by a vampire bat, and she had to go sleep with the sleep the Prince of Darkness. Yeah, yeah my my last date. Um, she was on a, a, a her son was on a boat and it got hit by an iceberg and uh, they were in the water. <laughs> Called the Titanic or something. Here's the just just you should play them this. Here's the director of Bold and Beautiful desperately trying to coach Benji to stop screaming his lines, and that's how he ended up. They put him in a hazmat suit to try to muffle him and a mask over his face. Yeah, that's right. Let me see if I can. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know what? We played that a million times. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm, I'll skip the clip. Um, Mister, uh, what's your last name? Benji Bronk, right? Mister Bronk, can you um just like try to calm down and like maybe just say the the line? Okay. No, <laughs> How's this? No, no, you no, shouldn't I mean, be here. <laughs> wait, I'll, I'll take it down a little. Hey, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> no, wait, wait. I, I can do better. Hey! I never understood why Benji couldn't just say to the actor, uh, "Ma'am, you got to leave right now. We're uh, we're in the middle of a terrible disaster. You got to leave. Okay, now now's the time." It, no, he couldn't do it. You got to leave right now. You, you got to get out of here. You were told not to be in the building. Why are you still in the building? You got to get out of the building right now. This building's going to blow up any time with this building. Benji, um, I, I, I know there's probably you just seem like a really nice guy, but I have to leave. My son just went on a three-hour boat tour, and nobody's heard from him. <laughs> he he went with the professor and Marianne, and and I don't know that we're ever going to hear from him. My son's name is Gilligan. <laughs> oh, okay, that's all right. You. But last oh, week you. I went on a date, and and the woman's son got bitten by a spider and developed superpowers, and she had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you think I should challenge him for proof of these stories when they say that? I don't know. I want pictures. And then there was this one girl. She she had a cousin who was thrown in a hole by Buffalo Bill. And then she was he was going to skin her and use her skin like a raincoat. Hey, Kenny, you're on the air. 
Kenny in Connecticut. You're on the air. Yes, Howard. Hi, hi, Kenny. Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I met my wife online dating, and I, I did online dating for probably a decade. And it, it's very simple. He, he's, he has to put real pictures of himself up. He would have right. great success dating. He can't pretend to be somebody else, and then they show up, and there's this fat blob there. I mean, hey. it, it's... <laughs> they are real pictures of me. I actually photo very well. Uh, Benji, um, I can't go on the date with you. You showed up and you're a fat blob. is fat now. You can't go on a date and then show up like a big fat blob. I mean, you know, you, you <laughs> yes, can't you can. hide it. Show them you're fat. No, you, yeah, that would be a it, that would be a way to that is a time saver. However. Uh, you know what Benji wants to do, Kenny? He wants to trick these girls. Yeah. Then he gets a date with a 10, and 10s right. don't want right. to date a 3. And he right. thinks he's going to wear them down. Even though he's a 3, he's going to once right. he gets they his foot in the door. Right, they won't even stay in the room. Right. Actually, actually, nines and 10s are less caring about looks than like mm -hmm. a 7 or an 8. Yeah. I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. 7 or Blind. 6, 7, eight, this is get from more worried research. about what you look like. <laughs> You should go out with a blind 10. <laughs> Pamela, hey, you're on the air. Wonder was a woman. Right. Pamela, you're on the air. Yeah, I'm just imagining. So you've gotten all dressed up. You're really excited to get out of the house. You, you're risking COVID. You, you, you show up. You're so excited. And then Benji shows up. It must be horribly <laughs> devastating. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> what do you say? And what do you do, Pamela? Do you sit there all night with this guy and he's not your dreaming? Or do you just you make up some story? Um, um, so, so, Benji, I have to leave. My son is covered in blood and, 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 and lit his prom on fire. Oh, <laughs> I have to go. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, or, or you, could just, you could just sort of say, um, oh, my, my son got caught in a well. I, right. I, no, I, no. I really got it Benji, my son, my son went to a carnival and he got his fortune. He went to one of those fortune teller machines and suddenly he's 37 years old. I better get home. Yeah. Right. He's, he, he, he started playing on one of those giant pianos and he broke his foot. And then one of the, um, yeah. one of the stuffed animals became real and then ate his foot. Yeah. Cause that's what happened to me the week before this woman, I was going to her son uh, her, he went out with his friends and found a treasure map and got lost in a cave hunting for a pirate ship. And then he oh, fell in see? a pool of piranhas. <laughs> yeah, that sounds reasonable. Right. You're probably hot, and if uh, Benji showed up, you'd throw up. Yeah, I'm any, I, anywhere from a, a 1 to a 10 would, would run screaming out the door. That's my, that's my impression anyway. What are you? Are you like a 10? Uh, I used to be. <laughs> I'm probably a, a very angry seven person. or an 8 right now. <laughs> You're an 8? a very angry person. You, probably. Angie, you couldn't even get an 8. This is a bitter, angry person, I can tell. <laughs> Do you like white lips and rape? <laughs> Marianne, go ahead. I, you know what, Howard? I feel sorry for him. Benji, you know what? Your greatest asset was to say you work for the show, and then they know your faults coming with that. The good part is you could talk about your, your writing and all that. I can't understand this. This is like absolute.
absolutely insane that you are going on these dates and you. I, I just don't get it. Mother well, what you don't get. What, we, what you don't rat- get is you got to be. First of all, you got to be upfront. You got to show them a real picture of you. The idea that you're going to show up. Those are all. Wait, wait, wait. Do you think I look different than those pictures? And why are all these girls going? I, I, I was looking at a dog. Right. Look at all these girls. They're like, hey, get out. I'm a lesbian. I'm, I'm there's a couple. My dream there's, man. A, there's plenty of girls that have liked me, too. Uh, Benji. You but know where what? are they, like Benji? Benji? Well, they I got like possessed you, by the my, devil. I have a lot to of go got, because, yeah, they got. I have to go because my son is stranded on an island with a volleyball, and uh, he's got to take out his own teeth. <laughs> A lot of Where the girls, are the that, girls liked... that liked you, Benji? Well, some there was one girl who really, really liked me, and she. There was one girl who really liked me, and then um, she told me her son was um, collecting dead body parts and gave them life, and now the now the, the monster is attacking the village, so she had to go. <laughs> no, no the CIA sent her on a secret mission, mm. and and she's going to get back in touch with me when she gets back to the states. Benji, Benji told one of the guys. That if he gets his life in order, whatever the fuck that means. Right, whatever that means. Yeah, right. He could date a celebrity. That's the goal. And he thinks Drew Barrymore oh. would be a great match and is reachable. Yeah. That's what he said. That's a quote. So his, he's Really? Got this, yeah, he's, he's going to be dating Drew Barrymore very, very soon. Why are these? Oh, uh, and these regular girls are just rejecting him. I love regular girls, why? too. <laughs> What's your plan? You're going to get Drew Barrymore? I don't. No, no, no. It was. I. I really don't remember exactly how that came up, but you think she's going to go out with you? I think in the right situation, I think I could. I could get be with her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. In the right situation, I, I just, I, if I, I had her strapped to a chair, <laughs> that's a good situation. <laughs> yeah. You're saying, puppet. You're saying that if you have Drew Barrymore trapped to a yeah. chair, yeah, uh, but like down restrained, to a chair, yeah. right, Re- restrained. And if I tased her pussy with a taser every once in a while, I think she might come her. around. <laughs> no, I'm saying if, <laughs> if I elevated my life, I think, which I think I have the potential to do. No, you don't. Lose 40 pounds and lock them in a the trunk. <laughs> you, you know what it is, man? You're, you're living in a fantasy world. You got to just send girls real pictures and you got to. Date chicks that are in your league, that's all. You know, what he said something very telling earlier in this conversation. He said, I have had nice dates, and girls have been with me until they get to know me. Well, that was a joke. I was making When I opened my mouth. Sure. (laughs) Hi, Sue. Sue, you're on the air in New Hampshire. Go ahead. (laughs) Howard, I love you. Um, You just said something very important. He's dating out of his league. I mean... Mm -hmm. He's not even getting it to girls. It seems that the human dance, really. is out of. <laughs> I, I'm dating so. women with vaginas. That out of the. I hate when people say that out of the league shit. That's like. Well, well no, I mean, you know, I think. He I wants. dated guys that weren't great looking, but they were funny, and I. That's what you know turns you on. I mean, you're not getting right. to girls like that. Girls that have maybe you know a good sense of humor. They're not just super hot. I just I, don't know. You said you like you regular keep, girls, so go out with regular girls. I don't I know how you keep putting yourself in these situations <laughs> where women are making up bizarre excuses, turning lesbian, um, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, literally looking at them and going, no, 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 uh, <laughs> you, I can't be seen with you. <laughs> I mean, that was the 
just, I cannot be seen with you. I mean, why put yourself through it? I mean, it's it's so debilitating. All right. Um, thank you very much, Sue. Benji, good luck with the dating. Keep us thank posted. I mean, uh, I just, yes. I, plenty of the dates go great. I haven't and heard plenty of not worries. with anyone. Ex- except the last one. Her, her, her brother was attacked by a guy with a chainsaw in Texas. Yeah, and had to leave. <laughs> Hello, this is George Takei reminding you to stop Asian hate. Black lives matter. Trans rights are human rights. Only you can prevent forest fires. And big, thick, girthy cock is delicious. Oh, also please spay and neuter your pets. This is the Howard Stern Show. When your legs don't work like they used to before. I like how he worked in big, thick, girthy cock. And I can't sweep you off of your feet. The best. Oh, there's Ed Sheeran. Listen to that. Yeah. Will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to stay up with the young kids. I still smile from your cheeks. I spent yesterday listening to some Olivia Rodrigo music. You know who that is? She's 17 years old. Like, she's like the new big thing. She, she's got like 222 million hits on her song, Driver's License. Oh, really? Do you have that? For driver's license? Something about the young people? I've got a lot to get to. I don't know if I have time to share Olivia Rodrigo with you, but she's good. <laughs> she's got some good tunes. My own. She's very much like um, doing that thing that Alanis Morissette and Taylor Swift do. She was she was she was one of these Disney girls like Ariana Grande, and then like you know she's super cute, and she was dating I guess one of these Disney kids, and he broke up with her, and he taught her how to Ariana drive, Grande. and Ariana Grande, yes. Um, Eliana Grande. Yes, Eliana Grande. No, her story is she was dating a guy and, you know, uh, he uh, broke up with her. So she wrote a whole fucking album about what a, you know, what a cunt he was. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it works. I mean, Alanis Morissette wrote about Dave Coulier and made a huge album. And that is true. Taylor Swift's, you know, gone out with guys and then. She just, as soon as they break up, yeah, yeah, she gets right on that piano. A A lot of people got a song out of Taylor. I'll give you a little Olivia Rodrigo. It's pretty good, actually. I was, I was actually digging her sound like I was painting and I had the music on and. She's very intense. And she's cute, you know. And the album is good. It's, it's solid. You know, she's only 17. I mean, that's pretty good. Well, that's why I was talking about Kaya Gerber, because she's had so many boyfriends. You know she's only 18 years old. Yeah. So how old was she when she was with Pete Davidson? I'm waiting for one of these girls who dated Benji to write an album. (laughs) Nobody's writing an album. They're too happy they got away. I saw your profile picture with the dog. It covered two-thirds of your face. (laughs) You showed up at my door. I thought you were a monster. 
Poor Benji. I suddenly had to come up with an excuse to get out of the date. I told you my son was trapped on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> and I don't even have a son. <laughs> I met you on the... What's that dating app he's on? <laughs> Hinge. A Hinge. I, I think he's gone through every one of the dating apps. He's like, I've met you on Hinge. Has he and been I be rejected? They won't let him on the... <laughs> <laughs> He's like Trump. He can't get on any apps. Can't get on Twitter. Can't get on Facebook. Can't get on Hinge. I met you on Hinge and I became a lesbian immediately. <laughs> I told you that I don't like guys anymore. When I saw you walking down the street after your bike ride, I said, oh, no, this is bad. This is really bad. I, told, I lied and told you my son became a werewolf. I had to hurry home so he wouldn't bite anyone. <laughs> no songs uh, coming out of relationships with benji i told you you weren't my dream man and you're a big fat mess but i would help you <laughs> and you sent me to the bronx or someplace <laughs> you sent me in an uber to bronx i thought you were goofing on me but you sent me an amazon gift card <laughs> what a song i'm telling you one of these girls ought to date him and write a, an album about him. <laughs> It'll be huge. It's got to be uh, relatable. Sarah, yeah, got to be relatable. Sarah, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, now. Hey, now. How are you? All right. Hey, now. So I, hey, now. You I've were sweating like a smelly hey waterfall. Now. I thought that you were. What can I do for you, Sarah? We're, we're beating around the bush, so to speak. Oh, I just, uh, I've seen Benji on Hinge on my profile, oh. and um, you do see his full body picture. There's a one picture of him um, interviewing a woman or being interviewed. Um, oh. Yeah, so you can see his picture, and there's one with, like, this big Russian hat, this big furry hat <laughs> that really just shows his face, like a buff flavor. I'm not sure how that's said. Like, would and, you uh, swipe past him? Profile pictures. You think he should change his picture? Well, I know who he is. Yeah, you wouldn't date them based on those pictures. Um, they're very just evasive. They're strange pictures. Like some are grainy, a little bit dark. You know, you right. sort of want to see a really clear sunlight picture of somebody. Right. Yeah, you notice like Benji's, like the picture I saw is with, with a big, like one of those fur hats covering up all the way down to his eyebrows. And then the dog covering all the way up to like the bridge of his nose. Right. I the, thought it was like, I know from the, the show. What? Yeah, I figured from the show he wanted to show his eyes. Like, all you see is his mm -hmm. eyes because it's just right. fur everywhere else. Right. Yeah, he's like, uh, the, what is that, the set, the seven veil dance? Like, he's <laughs> he should get one of those. Uh... <laughs> he needs a burka. It's not too yeah, bad, he's... though. I mean, if I didn't know he was Benji, I, I don't know. You know, some of the guys, you know, they're not all great anyway at this in this age range. Are you hot? I'm I'm pretty regular. I'm average. Yeah. I was, Benji you know. thinks he could do better than you, you know. It's like you're looking at him <laughs> going, I'm not going out with him. Everyone's not going out with each other. So what you're saying exactly. is that Benji's in the age range where you figure there's something wrong with him anyway. Right, that he's not <laughs> married. Yeah. Exactly. Like I filter for Jewish age range, you know, and, and that Benji's popped up on, I think, a couple of my different apps. <laughs> Definitely hinge. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Well, there you go. Another success story.
<laughs> Another girl who's not swiping whichever way you're supposed to swipe. Hey, I got um, some sad news that I can share with you. Oh. Um. All right, here's how I'll do it. I'm, I'm going to play you a popular drop from our show. Fred always hits this one. He, you've heard it a million times. Tell me where it came from, Robin. This is a way to break the bad news to you. Idiot. Where's that from? Do you remember? Idiot. Oh, geez. Wait a minute. Idiot. Mm. Right? We play it all the time. Yeah. Well, Who I'll tell you what it is. is that? That is Jack Miller. He's host of a swap shop show in Tabor City, North Carolina. Yeah. Tabor. Yeah. Richard and Sal made many phony phone calls to Jack over the years. We recently learned he passed away at the age of 84. I didn't know he was that old. Oh. He died in February. Um, here's, the, here's the call, by the way, that that drop is from. It's called Exploding Grill. The guy's name there, you know. Swap shop, good morning. Hey, listen, I got a gas grill for sale. All right, number? Hold on one second. I just got to turn the gas down on this here. Oh, oh gosh. Uh, what in the world are these people doing? I mean, you know, you think you're funny. Swap shop, good morning. Hello, Jack. How are you? I'm doing fine. Good. Uh, I'm looking for farm work. I'm looking to pump off some horses, some bulls. I collect semen. This guy is crazy. You're an idiot. Uh, you're, you're dumb. Imbecile, dumb. Swap shop, good morning. Well, well, I tell you what. And don't, I mean, if that's all you got to do, I mean, good grief. Swap shop, good morning. Good morning, Jack. I got a washer dryer for sale. Ten okay. more. All right. <laughs> Idiot. Well, these guys are having a ball. Both of you. I hope um, some of my telephone people are get me these numbers. <laughs> yeah, I like when he how goes. Long you ago are. was that? I want to know how oh. old he was when we were putting him through that. He aged a lot after that call. <laughs> I like when he goes. You are dumb. You are an imbecile. Imbecile. A moron. <laughs> imbecile. A moron. <laughs> I love that guy. I love him. Yeah, we're uh, sorry he's gone. Idiots. Yeah, we want to honor Jack and just say thank you for putting up with Richard and Sal. And we always celebrate the life of a fellow broadcaster. Here's a, here's a little stuff you didn't know. I'll give you some. You know, it's an obituary. He attended broadcasting school in Nashville and did radio stints in Tennessee and Louisiana before he went to Tabor City. Uh, none of his decades in radio could prepare him for June 11, 2009. What happened on June 11, 2009? That's when we first prank called Jack Swap Shop Show. Here's a highlight of Richard creating radio feedback. This is the very first time we called into Jack with radio feedback. Well, we're reaching out and touching you right here on the Swap Shop. Well, we'd like to hear from you. Swap Shop, good morning. Yeah, I got a couple things for sale. Are you still there? Yeah, go ahead. Can you turn your radio down, please? My, it, it, are, you, are you on the computer? Is that your radio, Jack? Yeah. Hi, Jack. How uh, are you? I think you're... Well, I, there's something going on there. I can't already. That's on the computer. So uh, you have to turn it off before you call. We'll get a feedback. 
Well, Chubb, good morning. So what I was trying to say is I got a dip net. Yeah. And oh, you got your radio up there again? Hey, sir, whatever you're doing there, it's messing me up over here. I think that's on your end. No, sir. Good gracious. I mean, hey. <laughs> I love that he goes, can you turn your radio down? <laughs> <laughs> Richard's so funny. Can you turn your radio down? Right. Told the host of the show to turn it radio down. That's, yeah, but the shoe's usually on the other foot. I like when he gets so mad. He goes, can you tell the telephone people that uh, to, to track these two down? Mm-hmm. I hope the telephone people are getting these numbers. Like, what's he going to do with the numbers? By the way, uh, just for your information, the telephone people never caught Sal and Richard. <laughs> but Jack was uh, right. I mean, they are idiots. We got to admit <laughs> And imbeciles. Yeah. Um, in remembering Jack, the boys would call Jack almost every month after that first call because it was just <laughs> he was so angry and it was so great. Uh, one of my favorites, and I think the fans agree, when Richard called in and said "God bless" over every dumb thing he could think of, and it just it just annoyed the fuck out of this guy. Twelve Chubb, good morning. I just want to say God bless you and God bless all the DJs there, Richard, Bobby, and Rodney. I hope they're doing well. Oh, yeah, they're doing good. God bless my grandson, Rusty. He just started summer vacation today. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And God bless Jesus. You know, Jesus, the reason you and I are here. Amen to that. Amen. Amen, Jack. God bless you, Jack. Okay, thank you. I want to say, too, I want to say God bless the phone companies, too, because without them, I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. You got it right. God bless microphones, because you're able to talk on the radio, and I love your voice. Well, thank you, sir. I want you to have a good day. God bless our blessings. You got that right. Thank you, sir. Better go. God blessings. All right. And God bless. God bless. (laughs) All right. All right. You can't hang up on a person saying God bless, especially God no. bless Jesus. But he you got to go right along with it, you know, when he says God bless you, God bless Jesus. Right. That's right. <laughs> you have a beautiful voice, so God bless the microphone. <laughs> Richard is a master annoyer, you know. He put in his 10,000 hours of being I annoying. Think these things just come to him, how to annoy people. Yeah, it's very Yeah, amazing. he's very good at it. Anyway, after months of phony phone calls, a listener called into Swap Shop and told Jack that it was us from the Howard Stern show that it was Richard oh, yeah? and Sal. Yeah, and Jack was not pleased once he found <laughs> out the truth. You've got some new listeners I'm hearing. New listeners? Yes. I think it's Richard and um, Sal from the Howard Stern show. You're kidding. No. Well, they pay Howard $53 million a year, and, and if that hips the old boy out, he needs a little help. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're idiots. <laughs> if that's all they got to do, that's all right. So Howard and his uh, his cohorts there, 100% pure jerks. Ah, oh, y'all. Are, I mean, if that's all you got to do, I just quit. I mean, if you can't make it in radio, you know, get a real job. I hate when guys on radio, I love my fellow broadcasters, but when they tell me to get a real job, I mean, that's what, you know, why, if, if they're paying me $53 million a year, according to Jeff. Why would you why leave? Would, yeah. yeah, I mean, for being an idiot. <laughs> None of that made sense. No, I mean, he wasn't well thought out there. He was caught off guard. Jack should have said, wait a second, I should be an idiot. 
get a real job. Well, those boys ought to get a real job. Like what? Selling chickens over the radio? I mean, what, what the fuck? Anyway, we love you, Jack. We thank you, Jack, for the many years of entertainment that you brought us. I'll tell you what, in honor of Jack's uh, death and for being such a good contributor to our show, I want to give him a 21-idiot salute. How's that, Robin? All right. Here we go. For you, Jack. Idiot. Idiot. See? Idiot. Idiot. My old friend. Idiot. Idiot. I didn't realize he was that old. Idiot. I don't know. You know what? I'm, I can't sit through this. <laughs> that was like a 10-idiot salute. All right. All right, but thank you for the advice, getting a real job. Oh, by the way, oh, maybe I should take a little break here. All right, let me take a little break here and tell you that it kind of freaks me out that uh, Trent Reznor now is like a normal guy. I used to think he was super weird. And I, I bought How into the whole... I don't know, but now he's like... He writes like soundtracks for movies and stuff, and, and he's in a suit, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? That was that. I used to go to those Nine Inch Nail shows, and I would be scared. Like I was like, "There's something bad going on here." You know what I mean? I'm and, and those videos. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, like I remember, I went to a Nine Inch Nail show, and Trent Reznor came out. And he's all covered in blood, and, and right behind him on a screen, there was a lamb that was like laying in a road, and flies were all over it. And I'm like, wow. Now he's on the Academy Awards, accepting. Uh, Mr. Trent Reznor. I wonder if that's like a drum machine. Hey, this is exciting. I, I got a guy on the phone I can actually ask. Uh, uh, yeah. Just calling in randomly is Dave Grohl, the great Dave Grohl, of course, of Foo Fighters. Dave. He hasn't dated Hi. Anybody, has he? <laughs> hey, how are you? Good morning. Let me ask Good you morning. something. Were you Were you able to hear the show while you were on hold? I was. Was uh, beside the song about Handjob Connie, um, the the Nine Inch Nails song. Is he using a drum track, or is you know like like an electronic drum track, or is that a real drummer? That is a drum track. I mean, I mean that like an electronic drum track. I think he he may have like sampled some a real drummer, but that that's that's like a drum machine. It's one of the reasons why it sounds so powerful, you know, because it's like. It's a really robotic, mechanical sort of rhythm. Uh, he's you, he's such a badass. That guy, Trent's amazing. He's you know a what genius. I was thinking of when I was listening to that? I probably never told you this before, but in 1992, when uh, Nirvana wasn't doing anything, I was down in Los Angeles hanging out with friends, and I spent a couple weeks on my friend's floor just hanging out. And it was summertime in the valley. It was super duper hot, and my friend didn't have air conditioning. So every day, we would look for a swimming pool to swim in. And so we'd call around to see if anybody had a swimming pool. And this one day, this friend of mine, he calls, he goes, dude, guess where we're swimming today? I said, where? He said, the house where Sharon Tate was killed by the Manson family. I was like, what? And so we we went up to this house, and I'm like, like, who do we know in this place? And we walked into the house. And Nine Inch Nails were recording a record in that house. And wow. so we got to go up there and spend a couple of days while they were making, um, I think it was a downward spiral, spiral record. But they, but like in that living room where all of that happened, they had the mixing desk and they were recording right there in the middle of that house. 
It was, so it was Dave, super creepy. But, but I mean, Dave, but, you know, the pool was the pool was amazing. So you know, but, we swam. But Dave, isn't it like? Do you think, like, as a musician who has made many great songs, do you really? And I, you probably think this, but. Do you think recording at the place where Charles Manson, you know, committed these murders or had his disciples, you know, commit murder? Do you really think that that vibe gets infused into the music somehow? Because those albums were eerie. Do you think yeah, that helps? I, I mean, I, I definitely. Yeah, I do. I think that, um, you know, when we were there, the vibe was was really, really weird. I mean, it was it was it was a very dark vibe. And so. You know, I believe that the environment in which you record a record uh, totally influences the outcome. So whether, you know, if you're, if you're doing it at like some big fancy studio that's like a laboratory, then it's going to come out sounding, you know, like really professional and maybe sterile, you know. If you're doing it in a garage, it's going to come out sounding kind of raw. It's going to feel raw. It's just mm. all about how you feel in that environment. And uh, See, yeah, I think, I think it really does. That's interesting because, like, I, when I I was never moved by the music of like Steely Dan. Like to me, that sounded very studio. And then when I hear Nine Inch Nails, you're right. It sounds it sounds eerie and dark. So maybe that has something to do with where they record it. But yeah, I would it was think, strange. I mean, I you know, we've I've I've always looked at recording like it's it's all about capturing a moment and what's going on in that moment and how you feel in that moment. And if and if you record it one place to the next, will sound completely different. So um, yeah, I mean you're, you're always kind of chasing to catch those those moments and the and, and that vibe. But yeah, for and, sure, it was weird. And with a guy like uh, like Trent Reznor, that guy seems to me like he wouldn't use a drum track, like or what we call it, a drum machine. Like I would think you being a drummer, you would be anti drum machine, although maybe you don't no. care. No, 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 no. I think, I mean, a lot of my favorite music um, is made by uh, producers and programmers that, that work with drum machines. You know, I mean, I love live drumming. I've played on a Nine Inch Nails record. They had a record called With Teeth that I went and put a bunch of drums on. But, um, no, there's something about the power in just like this mechanical, repetitive, uh, really concise rhythm that that adds to a song, and you know whether it's Steinish Nails or the Prodigy or Kraftwerk, there's there's a ton of bands that that really use that uh, to benefit the you know almost like the trance like repetition of a rhythm. I think it's really cool. I mean, you know, I love live drumming. Like that's what I do, and that's right. that, that's my favorite thing. But but drum machines are kind of cool. How does do people do people generally know that you actually drummed on a track for Nine Inch Nails? I don't know. This is like 2004. This is a long time ago. And I remember getting a phone call. Someone saying, uh, you know, hey, Trent wants to talk to you about putting drums on a Nine Inch Nails record. And I was so honored. You know, I right. mean, that was like, I, I was really blown away. And um, he sent me these demos of these songs. And God, they were so cool. And, and he he wanted, uh, he wanted like a live, a live drum sound or feel. And I went in, and I think I was just going to go in and do, like, two, three or four songs, and I wound up playing on, like, six or seven or something like that. But, you know, working with him in the studio, I'm not surprised that he's so successful as a, as a, um, as a scoring composer now because, um, I mean, the guy has a really, really deep knowledge of not just the inner workings of a studio, but... 
but composition and arrangement. I mean, he's he's I think he's he's much more than than most people think. I mean, he's uh, clearly everybody thinks he's a legend, but I mean, when you get in the studio with him, it's mind blowing. The guy's oh, he's a badass for sure. How does that work? Like, if I call up a Dave Grohl and I go, "Dude, I need you to play," uh, you know, on a couple of my tracks. Do I have to pay you? Like, does does he work out a rate with you? Because I would think you're you're pretty expensive to get. Or do you, you know do it gratis? That's that's the only time I've really been paid to play the drums on anyone's record, like really? Queens of the Stone Age or Tenacious D or all these different people that I play drums on that record. I just kind of go in and and just do it and leave. Um, but the Nine Inch Nails one was the only time where my manager was like. You should get paid for this one, <laughs> right? Like, oh, no, but okay. but, but I mean, for the most it, part, I don't, I don't, I never ask anybody. And really, you know, and I have a lot of producer friends that will just say, you know, hey, could you just come in for five minutes and put down a drum track, and I'll just go throw it down, and then it winds up on somebody's record because it's fun because I never get to play the drums that much anymore. Yeah, but wait a second. Wouldn't you like be pissed if like you you've laid down a drum track and then this thing blows up and it becomes one of the biggest records ever? And you go, you know, maybe the guy should have fucking paid me something for my time. I, yeah, I would I'm, think. Howard, I'm I'm doing okay. Okay. <laughs> like, I know. I could. I know. I could just but, go out. But no, I mean, I think it's you know, to me, it's it, it's just fun to to run into a studio and throw down a drum track and. um you know, and bail. It just, it, 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 it's, it's, I do, I do it because I love to do it. At this point in your life, would you be nervous doing something like that? Cause like I was watching video of you the other night where, um, I watch all this stuff. I, I was watching you when you were at the white house playing for Obama and Paul McCartney and you covered a Paul McCartney song. Like I was yeah. wondering like, like, were you nervous at all doing that? I mean, oh my standing, God, dude. well, you know, the we, funny thing about that was that <clears throat> I, I, I jammed with Paul before, and we'd hung out a little bit. And um, you know, he's, he's the greatest. I love him. He's so much fun to play with and hang out with. He's such a sweet dude. And I got the call that he was getting this Gershwin Award, you know, which is like an, an award for songwriting. It's like being knighted as a musician. Right. Like it's a huge deal. And so I got the call um, to see if I wanted to come out and play Band on the Run. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, sure. And I'd done that with him before. And when I did it with him before, he was like, yeah, just, you know, sing on the chorus. Don't worry about the guitar stuff. I was like, oh, okay. <clears throat> so I, w I went to D.C., and I got to rehearsal, and they were like, uh, they said, okay, uh, Dave, your microphone's right here. And it was right in the middle of the stage. And I said, oh, okay, cool. Where's, where's Paul going to stand? And they were like, no, 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 no. He's sitting right in front of you with the president. You're singing this all by yourself. I was like, what? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. And so then the rehearsals were great, but then that night it was in the East Room of the White House. Um, you know, that room in the White I don't know if you've ever been there, in the, on the East Room of the White it's small. And so they were literally, Paul and uh, Obama were like six feet in front of me, just sitting there, staring at me, watching this, watching me do this, this Paul McCartney song. And um, <clears throat> right before going on, I was so nervous. Like, like I'm going to faint and puke and shit my pants nervous. Like, this is wow. going to be a total disaster. And then I had this, like this epiphany revelation right there, right before going on. I'm like, wait a second. This is one of the coolest moments in my entire life. Like I, I can't just waste this on being scared. Like I should be, I should be, I should be really, you know, honored and excited. And this is an incredible moment. And, and so um, the, my nerves just kind of disappeared and I walked out there and it was great. 
And well, ever since in- then, whenever I'm faced with something where I'm really, really nervous, I'm like, what am I? Why am I being nervous? That's so, like I should be celebrating this. This is amazing. So yeah, you were being, you were, scary, you were being, yeah. But Dave, you were being nervous because it was the seating. Paul McCartney and and Obama were sitting next to each other, and they're practically in your lap. It was like performing for them in a living room. It wasn't like even a concert. It was weird, and, and that's why you were nervous. I mean, you're like right in front of them, singing Paul's song to Paul. It, yeah, it, 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 it makes it's sense. a little weird. But I mean, yeah. it's moments like that where you really have to, you know. You kind of have to put all of that anxiety to the side because otherwise you're just going to waste that whole moment of being scared when you should like, you should want that moment to never end. It's so cool. You know, so I kind of put everything to the side and just did it. The reason I like to hear that you were nervous is because I imagine being a musician and get, you know, after being in Nirvana, after having this huge success success. with Foo Fighters, I just lost him. Shit. What happened? I don't know. He just, I just, Lost his connection on the phone. Oh, wasn't dear. even Zoom. I heard this crazy noise and I didn't know what that was. I think he was dating Benji and he had a. <laughs> <laughs> Just saw his date. <laughs> yeah. I was going to oh. say to Dave, I would think after all the years of all the experience he had that he never gets nervous anymore. But. Let me see if I can get him back but on the you're phone. With He's your idol, you know, like this guy whose music you've loved uh all this time and then the president right yeah i got him back right that moment you got to perform or you're gonna you're gonna be a laughing stock hey dave something happened i don't know what i don't know what happened but uh yeah hey so i thought maybe godzilla attacked the planet and then stepped on your house (laughs) but no i was saying i was what i was gonna say to you is i kind of dig hearing that you were nervous because i would think after all the years and years of performing and, you know, being in these great bands and, you know, thousands of hours on stage of, of, of performing in front of audiences, the fact that you still get, ner- still get nervous, it means to me you still care. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, there, as much as it's, as it's the greatest job in the world, to have to, you know, what do you got to do? You got to like put on a guitar and run out and scream in everybody's face for three hours. Like, hi, that's my job. Right. But, um, you know, there is this, you have a feeling of responsibility where it's like when I run out on stage, I'd look at the set list and it's 26 songs. And I know that this is going to be like the next two and a half, three hour. Uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a long night. Um, and I feel I feel responsible to make sure that I like, you know, that I that I bring the party, that I come out there, and I, I try to make it the best show anybody's ever seen every night. So I don't just kind of this. I don't. There's. I never walk out there and just kind of half-ass it. I never walk out there and think, oh, okay, it's just another show. I literally run on stage and go like 110 percent and think, okay, we have to be the best band anybody's ever seen tonight, every night. And um, so you, you kind of get a little bit of nerves when you do something like that, you know, but it's, it's more, it's more like anticipation. It's more this excited energy where if you're, if the nerves, if you have nerves, it's only because you can't wait to run out there and do it. And like pretty much every night before we go on, I look out at the audience just to see who's out there 
and to see like what we're dealing with and see what we got. And I go back to the dressing room and I say to the guys, I'm like, we're going to fucking kill them tonight. I'm right. like, we're going to fucking tear this place to shreds. This is going to be amazing. And then we all run out there and we, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's still, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not much different than I was when I was a little kid, like on my bedroom floor, listening to Beatles records, you know, I mean, my teeth are chipped and I got, I look like I'm a thousand years old, but I said, deep down, I like, you know, I still feel like this kid that's just, that's in love with playing rock and roll. So when I run out there, it's, you know, it's because genuine. I can't wait to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, you know, some people lose it, they get older, and they just go, you know what, I don't have that excitement anymore, I'm just doing it for the money, and blah, 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 blah. But I like that technique. You look at some kid in the audience, and you go, that kid, this is going to be his story for the rest of his life. I saw Foo Fighters, I saw Dave Grohl. Um, you you just don't want to disappoint that kid, you know? Yeah, I mean, if you like, really, if you think about it, like, a lot of those people have saved up their hard-earned money, come out they want to have a good show they want to have a good time you know i would usually when we play shows like we'll hit them hard for like four or five songs without stopping so it's like bam 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 and then boom we'll it's like 35 40 minutes later and we finally stop and i say to our lighting guy i'm like dan light them up let me see the people light them up right. and i swear i can see everyone's faces doesn't matter if you're in the nosebleeds i can from the stage i can see i can see you and when you when you when you turn on the house lights like that in the middle of the show, it just it makes it so much more intimate. It shrinks the room, and it becomes ours. It's not just like us on the stage with a big crazy, you know, laser light show and and uh, playing to click tracks and stuff like that. It's real. And so when you have that moment where you really share it together, that's what makes it special. And so that's what I look for every night. By the way, uh, Dave isn't calling in for his health. He's calling in because he has a, I think it's a very big announcement, quite frankly, and, and, a, and a very encouraging announcement. Uh, I'll let you make it, Dave, or do you want me to? You tell me. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, Go ahead. Um, you know, we've been waiting for the last year and a half for, for shows to open up, for venues to open up. We've, we've been waiting to get back out on stage. And really, for the last six months, we've been in our rehearsal space just kind of chipping away and, and tightening up and getting ready to do a gig. And uh, so I'm happy to say that we're finally going to do one um, on the 20th at Madison Square Garden, June 20th. That's a big deal. It's coming That's up. A big we're reopening deal. Madison Square Garden on June 20th. And I cannot wait. I mean, we've been rehearsing every day and writing this insane set list of like 25 years of songs. And now we finally have somewhere to do it. And it's going to be at Madison Square Garden. Well, you had June said 20th. to me during the pandemic, it was killing you not performing. And to what, why did you pick uh, Madison Square Garden? What is, is it, uh, is it because the garden's so iconic? I mean, you could have probably opened up anywhere. Why the garden? I play your nephew's bar mitzvah at this point, but you know when uh, when we got the call, if we wanted to to see if we wanted to open up the garden, it was like, oh my, that's how you that's how you kick it off, like that's how well, you start it. If uh, the music is back, it's going to happen there, and it's going to be big, and it's going to be a long night. And it's like the minute I got the call, you know, I thought when they said my manager called and said, hey, uh, do you want to? 
do you want to reopen Madison Square Garden? I said, well, I was like, sure. I just imagined it to be like August or September. He's like, cool, it's in like three and a half weeks. I was like, oh, God. All right, let's go. I mean, that's, that's kind of how we roll. So, yeah, it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. Did you realize that uh, this will be the first concert, this is unbelievable, in Madison Square Garden over 460 days? For 460 days, there's been no concerts, you know. And, look, if that ain't a sign that things are improving, that you can have an actual rock concert. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure you're super stoked because I know it was killing you not having any anywhere to play yeah, not being for out. so long. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's for, for years, that's that's really been you know, kind of the driving force behind the band. We've been on tour for 26 years and just going out and ripping these two and a half hour, three hour long shows. And, you know, it's made the band who we are today. And, um, when that was taken away, it was, it was, it was strange, you know? I mean, I, there's so much that I appreciate about this band, but God, man, I, I really missed the live thing so much. Yeah. I know you made that clear. And the fans have to be fully vaccinated, right? In other words, you you can't get in unless you're vaccinated. Yeah, I think it's a fully vaccinated show. I mean, this is Good. you know, it's it's going to be interesting. It's gonna it's going to be interesting to see how um, you know the vibe and how it works. And it's uh, it's it's going to be great. You know, when we actually like about a month ago, we did this live vax concert thing at the SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Yeah, and uh, we only played a couple songs. We played like three songs or something. But I remember when we got on stage, you know, you could see that the audience, the vibe was just like, oh god, yes, finally music. Oh god, right. yes, please play. Oh, and they were singing along harder than they've ever sung along. And uh, you know, it's, it's it, the vibe will be just this huge celebration of you know live music and connection because I think that's what it's all about. What song will you open up with, Dave? Give me the first song. Come on, dude. You can't, on. I can't give away the set list. I know Come what on. the set list is already. What Usually is the we first the song? About an hour and a half before the show. And we're if I'm going to wait a second, if I'm going to go to that show, what? Oh, you're going to come out on stage, all of you. You're going to hit the audience with what? Something hard. That's what we did. What's it going to be? I Tell me. Tell Yes, you can. Like Stop it. What do you think? Nine nails, okay? All right, we're going to open up a like a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Kid to that. Now, has any of the band gained weight during the pandemic? Are they going to look like rockers, or are some of them going to come out there and look like they're a big mouse? We need to know. We're in fighting form, dude. We're in fight. We're like the Logan Paul of rock and roll right now. You're going <laughs> to Yeah. We're strong. Yeah. Strong. You know, uh, Dave, I was thinking about the last time you were on with the, you know, you had the whole band with you. And then I I felt like I didn't get to the bottom of it. But um, when Pat was saying that you get together on a semi-regular basis and perform as no. Why do we keep losing Dave? Shit. Every time I get is to a he, question. Did he run out of quarters? Is he putting money in the phone to keep it working? Hey, guys, anyone know what's going on? How come we keep losing Dave? Well, anyway, you heard the big announcement that, uh, yeah, that is a big deal. Can you, and June 20th is not far away. No. Can't believe so, that. Dave went through a tunnel, actually. That's what happened. Oh, is he driving? Where is he going? You know, where, where, what is he doing? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what Dave, let me ask Dave what's going on. 
Let me see. Dave, what happened? I feel like you're going to answer their mind. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is hysterical. One day, it can't be on our end, right? What is he doing? I don't know. I'm telling you, man, I think it's those the, those uh, Russians hacking us. Well, you know, we won one yesterday. How I'm so? very excited about that. They got all the ransom money back from uh-huh. the guys who cyber attacked that pipeline. Oh, wow. Oh, wait, here's Dave. Howard, it's definitely not on our end, just so you know. <laughs> hey, Dave, what are you doing? Are you driving through a tunnel? I no, I swear to God, because I, keep, I think I'm, I don't know if it's me or you. Oh, no. Every time I hear that noise, I'm like, he's gone again. That's weird. That's because he went swimming in that pool where Manson committed Uh, murder. At Sharon Tate's house. Yes. I'm just going to blame Gary. Gary, what the fuck are you doing uh, to Dave Grohl? I apologize. (laughs) You know what? No, it's so weird because it's almost like, it's almost like, um, Right before he gets cut off, like there's some weird interference. Like you heard someone yeah. else talking, you know? Yeah. I can almost hear myself talking, and then all of a sudden right. it cuts it's off. It's like a right. feedback, and then he's gone. All right, let me try it again. All right, Dave. Is that you? Okay. Oh, yeah, that's I wonder me. what's going on. What do you think's happening? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like every time you or I say the word Nirvana, we get cut off. No, it's from you swimming at that pool that day with Charles <laughs> yeah, Manson. I'm telling you, you shouldn't have said anything. But anyway, what I, I was going to say is, the last time you were on, I was kind of shocked. And it actually made big news that you and Pat and um, Chris get together and perform Nirvana songs in private so that you kind of like keep the whole thing going and keep it alive. And I, that made kind of big news. It shocked me how big the news was. Did you, did you realize that that made news? No, I didn't. Well, you know, yeah. it's 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 funny because when um, so Chris Novoselic, uh is a pilot, he flies his own plane, and so he'll he lives up in the Pacific Northwest. And whenever he comes down to Los Angeles, you know, we always love to see each other, and we'll have dinner. Last time he was here, I made dinner for us, and we hung out. And Pat's always around, and the three of us, you know, we like to just. We like to be together. We like to see each other. And if there are instruments around or a studio that's available, we'll just get together and kind of jam, you know. And we don't, like, run through a big old Nirvana set list, but we do like to just fool around. And sometimes as we're fooling around, songs happen. And, um, you know, if we're in a studio, we'll record them. So we've we've recorded some stuff that's that's really cool. and um, But we've never, like, done anything with it. But you, to us, I, I think to us, it's it's more just like friends jamming around. It's, it doesn't really seem like any sort of like big official reunion or anything. It's just kind no. Of, but but when you yeah, do it, jamming. what songs do you play? And and uh, and I guess you sing all the parts, right? Well, no, I'm just playing the drums. Um, oh, so we don't we don't have a singer, <laughs> so it's like we we kind of record these instrumentals and. And uh, just mess around. Um, yeah, it's it's very it's very casual. It's it's it never. Um, it doesn't feel like anything. There's no pressure on us to do something that the world will have to hear. It's more really just for fun. And a lot of it's really cool, you know. And and it it reminds you that that uh, when the three of us get together in a room and start playing, it 
sounds like it did. It sounds like it used to. When we, we put the three of us in a room, it's wow. like, it makes that noise. It still does. You mean it sounds different than like Foo Fighters getting together and jamming. It's just like it's a whole different sound. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Wow. I mean, when Chris wow. Novoselic and I get together and play and he's on the bass and I'm on the drums, it sounds like Nirvana. Like it just, it, we just make that sound when we play together. It's really cool. I don't know why I thought this. I figured Chris was mad at you because here you went on to Foo Fighters and you didn't invite him into the band to play bass. And no, I figured there was might... always so much love between the two of us. There was never any weird feeling about that. I mean, after, you know, when the band ended, everyone was just trying to figure out how to, you know, how to, how to continue life. And so we all sort of did it in our different ways. And, um, you know, we're, we're all bound and bonded by this crazy experience, but most importantly, um, love. And so when, uh, when I started the Foo Fighters, Chris started his own band, and you know Pat went to do his thing, and everyone just kind of moved in their in their own directions to figure out how to um, to get through it. And now, you know, everyone's everyone's uh, you know living happy lives in in different places, so it's cool. When you first met Kurt, was he already married to Courtney? Was he already a married man? No, uh, when I met Kurt, he was uh, living alone in Olympia, Washington. And um, when I first joined Nirvana, I was I was I I didn't know them. You know, I, I, a mutual friend said, "Hey, they're looking for a drummer." So I flew up there to audition, and um, didn't know them. Didn't have anywhere to live. At first, I lived on Chris Novoselic's couch for wow. maybe a month, and then I moved down and lived on Kurt's couch for six or. Oh no! Oh shit! There that was again. <sighs> <laughs> what part of the world is he in? I mean, uh... Uh, they don't have very good reception wherever it is. So funny. I want to. I want to find out if he was shocked when um, when Kurt married Courtney. Like, like was that weird to him? Because. How many Too times bad. are we gonna? He's gonna call us back. Maybe he'll get tired of calling. Back. He might stop calling back, or maybe he's <laughs> just like maybe he's tired of the whole thing, and he just said, "I'll pretend like I got disconnected." That's right. I got this noise machine. I'll make him think there's a problem. I'm, I'm starting Howard, to think. I swear to God, I swear to God, I'm not cutting off this phone. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm starting to think that like, um, like you're like, you know what? I just want to get out of this, so I'll just keep. No, I'm totally into it. I, you know, I should. Maybe I should just come in. Next time, I'll just come in, and we can talk yeah. about it. <laughs> you know what it is? No, the, the, what I was leading up to is I, one time I had Courtney Love on, and she said, you know what? I know that probably if Kurt had lived, he would have divorced me, and I wonder what supermodel he would have married after me. And I and I always <laughs> I always loved that quote. I thought it was tremendously honest. She was like, oh, yeah, he would have, you know, we were having problems. He probably would have left me. And, 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 and so that's why I was like, were you shocked when all of a sudden a, a – a single Kurt Cobain who's like uh, you know on the verge of this great rock stardom marries this woman weren't you kind of shocked uh, when Kurt got together with Courtney yeah no we like we had a lot of mutual friends you know we were all in the same scene you know right, like it was right it's kind of a small punk rock scene and everybody knew each other so Courtney was a, was best friends with my ex-girlfriend and I think maybe the two of them had met before 
I had met either of them. I'm not sure. But, no, it made sense. I mean, we were all hanging in the same scene at the same time. So it was yeah. a crazy time, you know. I mean, nobody imagined that all of this music would become so huge and any of these bands would become so huge. So it really was still just a safe little, like, punk rock scene of friends um, that played small clubs and saw each other at festivals. And, yeah, it was. It, it, we were all wow. kind of this one big extended crazy family. Does, does uh, Kurt's uh, daughter ever get in touch with you? I would think it would be great for her to have you in her life. If she got together and she could say, tell me about my father. You know what I mean? I, I would think you'd be the perfect guy because you seem so together to me. Like, you're a good family man. You know, I, I see your daughter on stage with you, and I think that's so beautiful. I would think if that kid got in touch, you would be very healthy. We, you know, we actually did connect maybe like about 10 years ago. Or something where she came over um, and had dinner, and her mom came, and um, and my mom was there, and we just like had a big dinner at the house, and it was really, it was really fun. It was it was cool to because I hadn't really I hadn't seen her since she was little, like a little kid, like right. years and years and years had gone by, and then when we got together, it you know it just felt it was nice just to see, you know that there was there was a family there and that Did it uh, make you sad well of course i mean yeah. you know it, 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 whenever something makes me think of kurt you know it's a bittersweet feeling if i hear a song on the radio or even just talking about him now like yeah it, there's a tinge of sadness and yeah um but uh but yeah i mean it it was it was a trip to see um to see francis become <clears throat> you know this like this strong independent woman um because i i still remember her as this little kid running around the backstage in 1993 or whatever it was so yeah i mean it was it was a good it, was, it felt like family to see my mom and his mom hanging out together right. and um it was cool yeah were you able to tell her about her father because i would think you're the the, the best guy to do that no we never really got into it too much but i mean you know there's always time for that there's there's yeah. a lot of years in front of us, so maybe someday. By the way, I was having a thought about you. I'm watching again that 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 video where you bring your daughter up and sing on stage with her, and I'm and I yeah. said to myself, Dave doesn't realize that he's ruining his daughter's life because no man will ever be able to equal <laughs> who like like no dude is going to be able to press her on a date. I mean, Dave, you bring your daughter up on stage to sing in front of sixty thousand people. She's looking at you. You're looking at her. She's probably like, you know, who's going to compare to my father? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, first of all, I think that that uh, you know, my daughter and I we're like best friends, like for I real. I can see that. Like I can in tell. the morning, she'll be like, "Hey, Dad, can we go to, you know, let's go to the thrift store and go buy some some thrift store clothes." I'm like, "All right." And it's like the two of us will go ripping through the aisles looking for flannels like it was 1991, like that kind of stuff. And then she's also, she's in my band now. And so when we go out and play, she's one of our backup singers. So, I mean, our relationship, you know, is is that I'm her father and I love her, but we're also like pals. You know, we'll drive around in the car and listen to Joni Mitchell and the Misfits and Stevie Wonder and Slayer and things like that. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I, I, what I, my mother was such an incredible parent because she, she, uh, loved me enough to let me become myself. Right. So yeah. she sort of disciplined me with freedom in this weird way. And, uh, 
And so um, she's still like, you know, she's she's my best friend. She's my hero. She's the coolest woman in the world. And, she uh, really is because, you know, people don't know this about that, but his mom, like, his mom let him drop out of school to go pursue being a rock star or be a musician. And, but, but and, you know, uh, the crazy thing about that is I think the reason why she did that is because she was a public school teacher and because yeah. she understood that I wasn't cut out to do the school thing. I mean, it sounds like a weird cop-out, but it's true. I was terrible at school, but she had faith in me as an individual. Like, she knew my passion and my drive for music, so she was just like, yeah, you're no good at school. You should probably go out on tour. <laughs> and it worked. It, it, it describes something to me. This is a totally different topic. And by the way, we're here to celebrate the fact that Dave and the Foo Fighters are going to be live at Madison Square Garden Sunday, June 20th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., Go to foofighters.com or slash MSG. You know, you know what to do. Uh, it's going to be an incredible moment after this quarantine, after a pandemic, and suddenly the uh, Foo Fighters can take the stage, and they are amped up. They, they truly are, and they've been waiting a long time to get back on stage and do a concert. But you got to explain something technically to me, because I respect you. The, I'm, I'm listening to the radio yesterday, and that song by Everlast came on. You know the one I'm talking what it's like? You know, it's a big hit song. Yeah, yeah. You know that, that song? Yeah, okay. And I'm thinking to myself, what happens to these guys? I've never heard from this guy since. Like, why is it some people can keep banging out hit songs and other guys just kind of fade away? I mean, there's. don't you think that's the weirdest part of rock and roll? Somebody can write such brilliant songs and then they're gone. It's like they don't have the magic anymore. Well, you and know, I, the weird part isn't... isn't uh, isn't not having hits. The weird part is having hits. Because sometimes, mm. you know, like a song like that, that song was gigantically huge. Remember? It was on yeah. the radio every five seconds. Yes. And uh, I'm sure that felt probably uh, kind of strange to have that song. He probably felt more comfortable with all of the other songs that he had. And then there was that one. And then, um, so I don't know. You know, it's 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 hard to say, like, I think most musicians go into the studio and they write a bunch of songs because they want to have an album. They want to have a collection of songs that represents how they feel at the time and their vibe and who they are. And um, if one of them actually hits, um, hallelujah. You know, but, but if they don't, that doesn't necessarily mean that a musician's going to stop playing music or that a musician, um, or, or that's the only reason why they do it. You know, most musicians like, always have a guitar in their lap and they do it because they really love to do it whether they have hits or not but it so, fucks with their uh, head when they don't have hits because you go wait a second the public was so keyed into this thing you know and the danger yeah, is well, you know also it's it's rock and roll <laughs> you think about it rock and roll is kind of a young man's game right right and right. um and it's it's people don't imagine bands lasting for 20, 30, 40 years, but some do. And I mm -hmm. think that whether people pay attention or not, the band might just still exist in their own universe. So the, you know, having songs on the radio and hit songs is, is one thing, but being a musician and being in a band like that, that could last forever with, with, uh, with no one paying attention. It's just your love of music that keeps you there. By the way, one of the things that Dave Grohl is obsessed about and wrote a, um, you know, you, he did a documentary on this is, you know, when bands are first starting out, they drive around in vans and uh, these vans and what goes on in vans when bands drive around together and they're they're bonding in this van. And and um, 
But what, what when you were driving around in vans, like going to gigs, you live your whole life in a van, right? I mean, it, it, it's yeah. like literally your home. Yeah, it's, I mean, it becomes, you know, it's your backstage when there's no backstage. It's your hotel when there's no hotel. It's your bed when there's no bed. Yeah, I mean, it becomes like, it's like a cocoon. You know, it's like a, it's like a sleeping bag on wheels. And, so, and guys are having, are guys having sex back there too with their girlfriends? Like, I mean, is their whole, like, like it's got to be weird, right? Where do you go? Yeah, we, not in our van. I mean, there's kind of this unspoken rule that was like, yeah, not, not, we all sleep in here. It's like, don't shit where you eat. You know what I mean? Right. Like, okay, let's, let's like keep it cool in here. So, um, no, I mean, it was, it was kind of the only way to survive. When you're driving around playing punk rock shows, and I think our per diem was $7.50 a day, and we were lucky if we got it. And, um, you know, you're just you're just trying to get to the next town without the wheels falling off, and um, and it was like the music that would keep you alive. Nobody was expecting any sort of like glamour or you know crazy trophies or success. It was just like, yeah, I can't wait to get to Kansas City and play that storage space outside of town. It's going to be amazing. So, and then the van was really a place that you would retreat to when you needed to feel like home because it became your home. You know? And it's such a commitment too, man. You know, because everyone goes, "Oh, it would be so great to be a rock star." This, that. If you know, when you're trying to make it and you're driving around in a van to these gigs, I mean, it, you know, you couldn't go back to that life. It's so, it is really difficult. I mean, your whole life is in a van. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, what but did you know, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is that um, that part of you that keeps you in that van that that doesn't necessarily ever disappear. Like it really is the the like the the, the drive and the love and the passion that um that keeps you going and so um yeah i mean it, it as long as you can like set up your drums on stage or your guitar on stage and go sort of blast your music in front of people's faces for an hour and a half two hours like that's what keeps you from just you know getting a ticket on a didn't ringo ticket home. didn't ringo in that uh, by the way you can actually it's a documentary it's on i think it's on, it's it's on amazon it's on, right? it's it, on this platform called coda and oh. um, I think it's an Amazon thing. I'm not sure. I get confused with that stuff. But it's called What Drives Us. Yeah. And, uh, and more than just and, the logistics of, like, how it works when you're touring in a van, it's like, why did all these people do it? Because every musician basically starts out the same way. It's like you get you have this dream and you have this passion to do it, and nothing can stop you. And then you wind up in a crappy old van with your buddies. It's great. And what did Ringo say about the Beatles? They had a farting rule in the van? Yeah. He was like... <laughs> If someone farts, admit it, because it causes a whole lot of trouble. Yeah, it's. I mean, you don't. I, you can't imagine the Beatles all crammed together in a van and Crazy. doing shows in these tiny clubs. But they did. That's how everyone sort of begins. That's the foundation of it all. But that's why it drives me crazy when a band like the Beatles breaks up because you've been through so much and through so much kind of torture and vans and horror that like when you finally hit it that big, you'd think you'd be like, you know what? This is sacred. We are never breaking up. We are staying together. Um, but this bond is so strong. And yet bands fuck up and they break up. It drives yeah. me crazy. It's not. I mean, it's listen, when you're it's like being married to five dudes, you know, mm -hmm. it's not. It's not easy, and um, but it, as long as everybody wants to be there and and you actually love each other, then you can kind of make it. You know, I mean, we've we've been a band now for twenty six years, and um, we're tight. You know, we're tight as people, which makes us tight as a band. And you have ups and downs, 
And it just depends on, like, do you want to be here? If you want to be here, we should do it. Um, if you don't want to be here, you don't have to. You can split if you want, but everybody really wants to be in this band, and it keeps us, like, through all the hard times, it really keeps us here. I know you're writing a book, and i got to tell you I'm excited about it because, like, I don't read a lot of books, but for some reason I buy, like, every book written by rock stars. I love hearing about the whole climb. Like, I just finished Brandy Carlisle's book. I love that. She's um, amazing. Oh, my God, she's such a badass. She's a real badass, and the, and the book is real good. And, like, I, I just read, like, Seth Rogen's book. He's not a rock star, but, you know, movie star or whatever. And I just love these um these books by musicians. I mean, for some reason, I'm very attracted to it. So I, I am looking forward to it. Did you finish the book, or are you in the middle of it? Yeah, no, it's done. Um, oh. It's interesting to, you know, to go back. I mean, I, I remember everything, dude. Like, I, my great. memory is still intact, and I have this crazy way of filing all these memories. Um, and so to, you know, to have to go back and write these stories, I mean, listen, I, there's no way I could fit everything into one book. There's just no way. Right. You know, and I, I thought, like, okay, I'm going to write this in sort of a short story format, and it's going to bounce around. It's not going to be entirely chronological. But it will explain all of these different phases and different times in my life. And, um, you know, just going back and, and, and remembering all of this stuff. It's, it, I've been writing for about a year now. And it's, you know, that much like reflection and introspection. It's a trip to look back because I don't spend a lot of time looking back. I'm always looking at like the next thing, like, okay, we got this show. Okay, we've got, we're making another record, blah, blah, blah. So to go back and, and, um, think of all these crazy experiences and, and, and try to tie them all together to, to where there's this arc of a story. It's like, it, it's a real mindfuck. It's crazy. I got to tell you, the best rock books I'm thinking now, just, you know, that I've read, like, I thought Patti Smith's rock book is great. I thought Bruce Springsteen's book was really great because you could really tell he wrote it. Um, yeah. I thought it was from the heart. Um, maybe, you know, maybe those, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really hard to say, but some of them are really good. Like the, the drummer from the Go-Go's just wrote a, a rock book. Oh, I wrote wow. about, and it was really good, but it was raw. I mean, it was honest. I mean, she was, she was very upfront about the problems in the band and everything else, you know, I mean, coming yeah. clean is hard, you know, with these things, you can't whitewash it. No, I mean, you know, I think that there's, you know, there's, there's certain types of books where it's very, um, very kind of like clear cut logistical, like, and then we went to the studio and then I had this for lunch and we used the right. microphone and then we wrote this song. But then there's other, there's another, you know, then there's the emotional perspective where like, yes, I mean, you can go online and anyone can research anything and see when and where and how you made a record. But it's more about like the emotional perspective from the, from being inside, you know, from being, being inside it as you're doing yep. it. And so you try to paint this picture that has more, that captures more the emotion than just sort of like the specific logistics of that particular moment. And yeah. so for me, you know, it's all about like, you know, this entire time I've just been kind of, it's almost like I'm watching someone else live, uh, their, their dream. So it's like, I'm, right. I'm like standing next to someone and I'm watching them like jam with Paul McCartney or play at the white house or play with nine Nails, whatever. And so, you know, you, you, I, 
I don't take any of this for granted. I just kind of watch it all happen. Like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Like, I no, can't because believe- I love I love reading. Like when you play drums for Nine Inch Nails, and I, I want to know every bit of that. Like, what's it like to walk into the studio? Everybody else there knows each other. You're the one guy who doesn't know everyone in the band really that well. You know, it's like, I mean, yeah, it's I interesting. I, I mean, it's to be able to share the way you feel so that other people can sort of, you know, be in that moment with you. It, it's yep. Both of my parents were writers, so I'm writing this one entirely by myself, too. So I've never written a book before, you know, I'm a high school dropout, but, man, I've had so much fun writing this because when I, you know, when I write it, I want it to be in my voice. You know, I had it, I, people had offered me before to have, you know, to do a couple interviews, they'll give you a million bucks, and then someone else will write the book for you. I was like, no, 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 I want to write this one myself. It'll be great. Oh, that's good. No, that'll that'll be good, you know. And and you'll get criticized for like, oh, you know, he could have written it better this way, could have put this story together, but I'd rather read you writing it. I think that's that's the ticket. Yeah, and I'm, that's not, the key. I'm, not, I'm not quitting my day job. Let's just say that. <laughs> right. You're not going to become an author? Start, start becoming not, not Stephen yet. King? We'll see. By the way, I should congratulate you. You uh, This was your first nomination to go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you actually got in, and you're going in with the Go-Go's. Wait, I'm trying to remember the list. It's you. Go-Go, I, I would... Todd Rundgren, uh, Carol King, Tina Turner, Jay-Z, uh, LL Cool J. Um, it's a good year, man. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Where are they doing it? In New York? I'm not sure. I think they're probably doing it in Cincinnati. I think. I oh. think that's, or, I mean, Cleveland. I'm sorry. Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland. Oh, if you go to Cincinnati, you're going to miss them. I was <laughs> yeah. so, I was oh, so pissed. Be cool. <laughs> I inducted John Bon Jovi. I told you this. I inducted John Bon Jovi into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and he didn't tell me it was in Cleveland that I had to get up on a plane <laughs> and go to Cleveland. I, was, I thought it was going to be in New York, and I was like really fucking pissed. Uh, I was like, John, don't torture me with this. But I went, I did it because I like John. I've known him a lot of years. But uh, who's gonna who's gonna induct you? I'm not sure yet. I think we're still trying to figure that one out. I, we talked about this when I was on the show when we were on oh, the show a couple yeah. months ago. Whatever. I would try to figure it out. And you, you know? were thinking about David Letterman? Did you? Yeah, talk to I came him? up with a good one. I said Letterman. Well, Letterman did Pearl Jam. That's right, true. and you did yeah. Bon Jovi, so the two good ones are taken. There so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know how to top either of you guys. I actually do know how to top either of you guys, but but I, we'll see if it happens. We'll see. Who the fuck are you gonna? Who are you thinking about? Be honest with me. Don't I don't give me any I bullshit. Howard, I can't say. I can't. What's I'm with you? Sure. Can't say. You won't say anything. Not confirmed. You won't say. Come on. We'll see. I, I, well, remember Pat right. was saying it should be my mom. Do you remember that? Yep. Pat was like, it's yeah. Dave's mom. And I went to buy, I went back to my mom. She was like, "No fucking way! I'm not inducting you guys in the rock and roll of him." Hey, how about uh, Tom Morello not getting in? What the fuck is up with that? He's on Dude, the listen, I vote. I vote for him every time, I, every single time. I know. I, I, you know, I think that Rage Against the Machine are one of the most important bands in the history of rock and roll. I really, Agreed. really do. I never even, you know, they send me the ballot every year, and I don't vote. I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on the radio. Well, how do you got to vote? Come on. I voted. I voted for you. I voted for the Go-Go's because I felt like, like I had just read that book by the drummer and the Go-Go's and all the shit they went through. And I definitely voted for Rage Against the Machine. I, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I, I just thought it was uh, weird that they're not in. I mean, yeah, I, agreed. I think that they should have been in first year of eligibility. They'll, 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 they'll get in without question. Um, but yeah, dude, I vote for them every time too. Same thing. I love, 
I love that you care. You know what I mean? Like, like I would always think rock and roll people, like they had a radio hall of fame, and I was like, "Fuck you! I'm not going to any radio hall of fame." You know, I mean, I mean, it was lame, but I, you know, and I, then they gave me an award, but I wasn't there. You know what I mean? I would think you guys, honestly, at the end of the day, wouldn't give two shits about a rock and roll hall of fame and call bullshit on it because, you know, I don't know. You guys aren't competitive like that. You know what I mean? No. But no. But you guys, but you're I mean, you're excited about it. You like it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it really is something else to be nominated, and then it's really incredible to be inducted. And so, um, you know, it's it's not the reason why we do this stuff, but um, but hey, man, when when someone comes around and acknowledges you for the thing that you've like devoted your life to for the last thirty years. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it feels good. And, uh, the band, Can I give you an Taylor idea? and Nate and Pat, they're, they're really, and Chris and Rami, that everybody's really, really honored and excited about it. So let me yeah, give you a it, tip. You're, you're the main guy in the Foo Fighters. You are the reason the Foo Fighters exist. They let everybody get up and accept the award. You know, each guy in the band gets to say a few words. Don't let your fellow bandmates drone on and on. Let you, you, everyone's there to see you. I'm, I'm being, I'm being upfront with you. I love Pat. I love all the guys. You know that. I know. But, no, but listen. I, I we're there I mean, to hear I've, you. I, I've been talking. I, I've been talking so much for the last 26 years that yep. it might be the shortest speech I will ever give in my entire life. Like, I see. It's not, those guys need to, like, those guys need to go up and say their thing. You know. And they do. You know what I love? I love the move where some guy that, you know, is the guitarist or whatever, he's not the main guy. And then he opens up a, a, a sheet of paper that he's written oh. everything. Down. And everybody groans. <laughs> you know, I've been to, you've been, to, you know, Dave, you've been to these ceremonies and then you see like some, you know, sort of like not the main guy in the band and they does, like Robin says, opens up that sheet of paper and he starts groaning on. And you know, you know what I, I went to them oh, at the yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when I was there, and I said, you know, some of these guys you ought to put on a timer, like, uh, <laughs> like have that, that thing you flip over when the egg timer runs out, like, get them off the stage. They're boring the piss out of you. Get them up there and play, you know? So, you know, tell I mean, the guys. You have, to, like, you have to remind yourself that this is a huge moment in any musician's life. You know, it yes, really is. I know. I know. So, I like, know. You know, give them a couple minutes and they say their thing, and you know. Yeah, but yeah, I do know I, what you mean. I mean, the year that Nirvana was inducted, yeah, uh, 2014 or something. Uh, that show was seven hours long. I'm sorry, exactly. it was, it, oh, and we were the last ones. I mean, the E Street Band were there. You know how many people are in that oh. band? Dave, Dave, by the twelfth person in the E Street Band, I'm asleep. I got to go to bed at some point. I, I mean, well, I, know, I get up early. The greatest thing was that same year Hall and Oates were inducted. Yeah. And uh, so the E Street band, like that thing, went on for a while, and then <laughs> and then finally they get to to Hall and Oates. And when when Daryl Hall and John Oates came up to the podium, you know the first thing they said, they go, "I bet you're glad there's only two of us." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's guys in the E Street band who are only in there for like a week, and they got to go up. Like please put them all up. It's unbelievable. All right, I got the great idea for you. You ready? Yeah. You want to be rock and roll. It's the night of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and someone's got to induct you. I got the person. This will create oh. a Donald Trump. Can you imagine? Oh, you bring, bring him up. And he goes, and, and, and he doesn't even say anything about the Foo Fighters. He's just talking about how the election was stolen about from him. He talks about himself and yeah, how he right. was robbed. Yeah, and how right. he's going to be reinstated president. 
You know, the funny thing is, I bet you if I brought that up to Pat, he'd be like, yes, genius. (laughs) Oh, I would do it in a minute. I think it would be the greatest thing ever. But, you know, I'm insane. But but, uh, maybe... Maybe we get like a Mick Jagger, somebody with gravitas. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he'd we'll do it for happens, you. Dude. It's not. It's not entirely up to me. I, I'll tell you that. That's for sure. What do you mean? Hmm. What do you mean it's not up to you? It's, you're the it's band. Not. You write I mean, the music. It's, it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, like it's it's what? a bunch what? of people putting a show together. You mean together. you got to get by them with the name? Oh, well, I'm not going to storm in there and say, I want some blah, 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 and Dr. You know, yes, you do. You've got oh, I know. It's a group thing where everybody gets together to, you know, to talk about what works. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, maybe like, like a, you know, like a Dion Warwick has to be told what to do. But you, you're, you're a main guy. Are you crazy? This is I think uh, it's probably the opposite. I think it's probably the opposite. Listen, Dave Grohl is on a roll. As he says, this band's been together 26 years for a year now because of this dreaded COVID. This poor man, with all of his hit songs, all of his music, has been trapped in his house like a rat. And let me tell you, that ain't easy, as you guys know. So now, the big announcement. What is Dave really saying? This is it. Time for rock and roll to come back. Let's We're going to go. Madison Square Garden. We're going to have the Foo Fighters live. Madison Square Garden, Sunday, June 20th. Can you imagine when Dave takes the take? He'll probably, he'll probably actually ejaculate on stage. He'll be so pent up from, uh, who knows? His head might explode on stage. Who knows because what'll happen when he gets out there? I feel this will be the most energetic performance of Dave's career. That's right. Even, even more so than any concert you might have seen him before. Well, this you is know, it. the crazy thing is for the last year, I've like had this reoccurring dream. Where, where we're backstage, the house lights go out, and then we run up to the stage, and we're finally faced with the audience again. Yes. And it's the greatest feeling. You know, and then you wake up, and you're like, shit. But, like, I've been having this dream where... Uh, it's where a wet it, dream, it, right? It's like a wet dream, yeah. And then I wake up in a pool of semen, and I clean myself yes. up. and Imagine. <laughs> He's not thinking about women. You know, one of the things, you know, I always felt with Nirvana... And even Foo Fighters, it's more of an asexual band. Like you guys weren't the type, like you know, you know Tommy Lee and having you know, or Led Zeppelin having these orgies and stuff. I always feel, Dave, no matter what band you were in, it was always about the music. It wasn't about all the uh, the peripheral nonsense. You know the what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, trapping. we 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 always. I mean, from you know the videos to, that we make to the things we've. We take our, we take the music really seriously when it comes to like writing songs and recording and stuff like that. Um, but you have to, you know, you have to kind of think about and appreciate, um, how ridiculous rock and roll can be sometimes, right? Where yep. sometimes people take themselves a little too seriously and sometimes get like a little too pretentious and blah, blah, blah. To us, it's, you know, the process of making music is, is, uh, really important to us and, and we take it really seriously, but like we're a really laid back bunch. We really are. You know, uh, you're very relaxed on say this band is so fun to watch yeah. when they're playing. Uh, each member is very interesting to watch. That's what I love about a live concert experience. Like I, I know Dave's the front man, but like I love looking at this band play. Everybody's got their own sort of like Pat's moving around and dancing and blah, blah, blah. And then some of the guys are more subdued. And I love I love uh, Taylor on the drums. On I, the I, drums I, yeah. I, I love the band and uh, I'm very excited for you. And this is I'm excited for America that uh, maybe uh, some shows yeah, can start happening. That the performances again. Yeah. So, uh, listen, I'll let you go. Foo Fighters live Madison Square Garden, Sunday, June 20th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. Go to Foo Fighters 
dot com slash MSG. There you go. So I can't wait. Uh, that's it, Dave. That's it. Man, it's and, so good uh, to talk to you guys. Sorry about my phone. I don't know what was up with that. It's all right. And, and I think you, you gave America a good message. Don't go to school. Tell your kids to drop out, get a van, and, uh, you know, tour the country. Let freedom yeah, be your teacher. Not? The best line. Why not? Why not? Let Let's all be, be rock your stars. Teacher. All right, Dave. Yeah. It worked uh, out for Dave. It'll work out for you. That's it. Don't even. I don't now. Okay, you're, now you're going to get me in trouble. That's going to be bad. Yeah. All right, Dave. You, uh, uh, we'll see you in uh, New York on uh, the 20th. All right, we'll see you guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you around. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dave Grohl. There you go. Yes, Stephen, you're... Oh, Stephen's gone. Okay. I was going to uh, say hello to him. Um. Well, there you go. That was a great line. That's a lyric. Let freedom be your teacher. Let freedom be his your mom, teacher, yeah. Let freedom be his teacher. That's right. I'm going to take that line. <laughs> for my for my band. Oh well, that was nice to get a uh, a, a a surprise phone call from Dave Grohl. Yeah, and it's about uh, life returning to some kind of normalcy. Yep, he's a good guy. I mean, very- maybe he's fooling me, but he seems like a very good guy. Seems like I don't hear anybody complaining about him. No, you don't hear uh, nutty stories about him. <laughs> Um, real quick, I, I'll end the show by giving you a couple of uh, letters that we received, emails, I should say, from fans, Twitter, etc. Oh, by the way, I'm being corrected. The plug is foofighters.co, C-O slash M-S-G. I thought it was .com. It's uh, .co. .co. Yeah, Why C-O. page is not opening for you. Jesus. Very difficult. I'm sure if you just Google Foo Fighters, there's something comes up, some sort of page. <laughs> Uh, Christ's sake. Um, okay, just a couple of thoughts. People said, uh, uh, you know, Ronnie announced yesterday he's moving to Vegas. We talked to him about it. I told him no goodbye party. <laughs> uh, some people said to me, oh, you're so mean about Ronnie. I'm mean. I go, I love the guy. I don't want him to leave. You, you're misinterpreting my words. How dare you? Uh, goodbye and Ronnie are two words I never wanted to hear in the same sentence. Ronnie is an icon, a sex tip extraordinaire, king of do nation, and a great leader of all things erotic. Vegas is lucky to be getting him. I'm so sad to hear that Ronnie is leaving next month. I'm going to miss that little freak. He inspired me to buy my first dildo. Hey, hey. Um, (laughs) I'm afraid when Ronnie gets to Vegas, these rich friends of his are going to make him their dancing monkey. Don't go. Stay in New York, dude. You'll be much happier. Uh, Many listeners saw this as an opportunity to goof on Ronnie. Ronnie's going to go to Vegas because the elderly are always cold. How about a new name for Ronnie since he's going to be burning up in that Las Vegas heat? Tan Ronnie. I said that Ronnie would be burning up like a piece of bacon. Uh, I bet Stephanie is excited about starting her new life right after she's done burying Ronnie. Some mean comments. Uh, Some Vegas fans are ready to... Embrace Ronnie? To to welcome Ronnie, yes. Uh, It's perfect here in Vegas, 97 degrees. We can't wait to have you here, Ronnie, permanently, Ronnie. Uh, ignore Howard, Ronnie. I chose Vegas over Florida. There's no humidity and zero hurricanes. Okay, good point. You're in a desert. Ronnie, I'll have a glass of Hendrix and a fresh dildo waiting for you right here in Sin City. Can't wait till you arrive. Oh, boy. Yeah. Welcoming committee. Well, here's Jeff from Nevada. What do you have to say, Jeff? You know, Howard, you really gave Vegas a, a bad rap yesterday. 
you know, we're fortunate enough to have wonderful weather. You know, Ronnie is used to being able to go out and do what he wants to do. Uh, from what I understand, he's going to move up near the Summerlin area. There's a place called downtown Summerlin. The food is up there is fantastic. I mean, you can do what you want to do whatever time of the day you want to go. All right. it's, it's just incredible. I've, Sold. I'll move there. You know, I, <laughs> well, it's what a lot were you thinking? Just hang out I was just trying to. Rock, I know? was just trying to keep Ronnie here and dissuade him from going. I'm sure he'll be very happy. By the way, in the email, keep that creep out of Las Vegas. Signed O.J. Simpson. I thought that was a good one. Uh, when Robin talked about planning a farewell party for Ronnie, she also mentioned an upcoming vacation to Napa Valley, California. I put the kibosh on that right away, and the fans did agree with me. Howard needs to lock Robin in a tower like Rapunzel. To keep her safe. It's for her own good. Yes, believe me, Robin consults me on many things, and I do uh, right. knock some sense into her every do once in a while. things without talking to him. Easy, Robin. You need to take it slow. It's not worth risking your life for a vacation, especially not for Ronnie's retirement party. Stay inside and stay safe. Thank you. <laughs> very, very good. Uh, Michael Rappaport called in. He was very rough on Gary. Very yes. rough. The fans came down on him after he called in and attempted to goof on Gary and his love of scotch. Mary Ann from Brooklyn tweeted, Michael Rappaport is the biggest loser on the planet. Leave Gary alone. Uh, this one says, fuck Michael Rappaport. Gary is right about him. He should be less worried about Gary and more worried about his career. The pits and the Clooney's of this world wouldn't be caught dead doing cameos. So there you go. <laughs> Finally, Michael Rappaport has no life, and that's why he calls to pick on Gary. Good for Gary for sticking up for himself. Yes, Brett, you're on the air in Illinois. What's up? Good morning, Howard. Hey, morning. I love when you have Dave. I love when you have Dave on. Um, I think he's probably one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet and just down to earth. I, I'm lucky enough this year that... I've been trying to get my oldest daughter to go with me to a food show, and she's wanted to for years. And finally able to do it at the end of July, and I'm, like, over the moon about it. I just can't wait Good. to share that experience with her. He's great live. Uh, I'm a big fan of that band. I mean, you know, when they come out of the box, man, with those songs, it's just uh, really, truly incredible. They, they, you know, it's an honor to know them. <laughs> Square Garden concert will be on Father's Day, June twentieth. I'm going to take I didn't my father. That was Father's Day. Oh, this is wonderful. He, he might are... hear this. It's so loud. Yeah, oh, he'll hear this. <laughs> he can't hear much anymore. But uh... <laughs> uh, by the way, we mentioned DVDs on Monday's show. Ronnie revealed that he still has his porn collection on DVD. 
Uh, we thought it was kind of an old man thing to do, but uh, uh, even Gary said he would toss them out. But apparently DVDs are still popular with our fans. You guys are idiots for trashing DVDs. 4K discs look and sound way better than any streaming movie. Yep. And and I've done comparisons with both. Can you imagine this guy with the free time? He's doing comparisons. (laughs) This Uh, is a guy like uh, Gary with vinyl. Hey, Harren, I'm uh, home uh, doing a comparison of my DVDs to streaming services, and I can... uh, (laughs) I can conclusively say that, uh, yes, in fact, uh, it's true. The DVD quality is much better. Okay, good. Go get a life. Now I've got to go check that. <laughs> I don't have anything else to do. Not throwing um, a Finally, Gary said on Monday show, there's not one reason to keep a DVD. This is coming from a horse-tooth jackass who collects thousands of pieces of vinyl. What a dope. I still pop in a DVD every weekend. I like it better than streaming. Okay, so Gary taking a hit. On tomorrow's show, Tom Arnold will stop by to tell us about this new documentary he put together on his sister. I don't know if you know this, but his sister. I did find out that his sister is the queen of meth. She's the queen of meth. She uh, literally was running one of the largest meth meth, uh, distributions in the Midwest. And uh, he did a documentary on it. It's fascinating. I always like when Tom comes on because he's, he's, he's very he's fascinating, guy. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget his sister. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk to him. Uh, all right, Robin. We'll see you tomorrow. And uh, uh, bye-bye. Bye. That's it.